Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, I'm Sai and welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, the home of the Andy Campbell Football Show. This is episode number 143 and the Euros are nearly here. I'm very excited, but uh, I'm even more excited to talk to our guest tonight, among other things. But uh, the show is available live on Facebook, YouTube and Twitter as usual. Ace Podcast Nation, of course, you're home to many great shows and series featuring top guests expert analysts and more so please do give us a follow on social media subscribe to that youtube channel click the bell for notifications i cannot tell you how much that helps us and uh, also if you prefer your podcast in audio uh, audio format should i say you could just search ace podcast nation at your favorite radio or podcast platform and uh, there's over 400 shows on all sorts of subjects and of course if you want to keep it purely football on social media just follow at AC Footy Show on every single social media platform. And uh, 
you could streamline your effects. But uh, just as we wait for the latecomers to join us on the various platforms, as I mentioned, a big thank you to Black Diamond Sports as ever. Black Diamond Sports, a global sports agency who represents stars from around the world. For more information, you can visit their social media pages and, of course, their website, the links to which are in the description below, as well as the closing credits at the end of the show. And, uh, of course, the sponsor for today's show, as ever, is uh, Darren Ralston and Bespoke Financial. And Darren is giving away a free will worth £140 with or any new policy which is taken out. Please do check him out. Give him a call. Don't miss out on what is an absolutely incredible offer uh, coming off the back of COVID. It's a good time just to check. Uh, you've got your insurance and various financial services all up to date. Uh, and Darren will look after you give you uh, the best deals possible he's uh, he's looking he's looked after andy with various policies over the years including the critical illness income uh, injury gotta put my teeth in tonight gee whiz uh, injury cover <laughs> they are truly top of the field and provide award-winning service we're very proud to partner with such a top-class brand and we thank them for sponsoring the show and uh, of course there'll be a video from them at the end or towards the end of the show as well but uh, with no further ado Let's pass over to some people who can actually speak. It's, uh, first of all, the goal collector, the fox in the box, still the QPR dream killer, Davy Jones's favourite son, ex-Cardiff City and Middlesbrough striker, the speed demon, Andy Campbell. How goes it, my friend? Good evening. I don't feel as under pressure now after, uh, after your start. I feel Jesus, like I can, uh, I, can real, I can have a real bad show. <laughs> I'll be all right. Uh, no, I'm really excited. Um, got an amazing guest, um, a teammate. A roommate, um, socialised together. Uh, we've had a good laugh together on and off the field. So yeah, we really look forward to it. Um, I want to start by saying, um, rise, mum, Kerry, happy first, happy birthday, uh, twenty-one, I believe. So um, I've, I hope you've had a lovely day. Um, obviously, lockdown's still with us. So hope you've had the the best birthday you can in this situation. But yeah, there you go, right. Indeed, and by the way, you I'm not going to let you get away with it just because I had such a bad start. You saying first instead of birth. Birthday is uh, definitely definitely <laughs> spreading. So I when uh, when we <laughs> yeah, I was going to say when we introduce Gary now, this could could go all wrong. But um, at least you said, said his name right. Well, that's it, uh, Dave Croft. Well, I'm very very excited to welcome tonight's guest. He is uh, ex Cardiff City, Blackburn Rovers, Ipswich Town, and Grimsby Town fullback. It is Mr. Gary Croft. I am very happy to welcome you to the show, Gary. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Nice to be here. Nice to see Andy again and nice to meet you too. No, great to have you on, Gaz. No, great to have you on, mate. You know what I mean? I, I know we spoke off air about um, about careers and um, and about the various people that we've had on previously. And I, 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 for the viewers, it's so exhilarating. It's so exciting because no football career is the same. You know what I mean? Everyone goes different paths. Everyone plays at different levels. Everyone plays in different positions. Played a different amount of games. Different amount of goals. So it's uh, it's just it's I'm just a super fan. Love talking about it, um, and really looking forward to digging deep. Uh, a little bit nervous about the uh, tell me why's, but let's see uh, <laughs> let's see where that goes. Well, it's been a couple of weeks since we've done them as well, isn't it? I know. Because obviously yeah. we didn't do them with Mehmet Dalman last week, no. uh, and we haven't done the championship show for a couple of weeks, so it's going to be interesting. But uh, what we'd like to do, Gary, first is we do magnificent seven, which is basically seven quick fire questions for the viewers just to uh, to get to know you and your tastes and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, just answer. First thing which comes to mind, but uh, nice and easy anyway. Okay.
Okay, Gary Croft, the Magnificent Seven. Nice and easy to start. Messi or Ronaldo? Messi. Favourite TV show? Murder ID or something like that. I'm, I'm watching... Um, I, don't, I, I can't talk too long, can I? Sorry. Um, what's the one? Um, Power. No, the, no I, I, that's on my list of things to watch, that is. So yeah, we, have, we, don't, we don't have many recent ones, do we? It's normally old school. Old school. Yeah. Yeah. Don't know if very true. It's been um, long to watch it. Nightmare. You know, you, you fall asleep during them and you have to keep going yeah. back, don't you? you got to go back, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, the, they're the worst. Yeah, I, uh, I do that all the time, by the way. Fall asleep watching stuff. But uh, most hostile uh, game you've ever played in? Millwall in the old den. People won't even know what places like that were like uh, back in the day, back in the 90s. Absolutely crazy. Racism, abuse beyond anything I've ever seen before. Bananas on the pitch, the works. That was scary. But so, uh, place that made me spine tingle was St. James's Park. Uh, when I played there, yeah. when that place was full, you literally, you felt like they probably had about 14 men when, when yeah. that crowd went for it. You're like, whoa, wow, we're up against it now. Um, that, that was awesome. Uh, best manager you've ever played for? <sighs> Do you know what? I, I would have to go technically with Rory Hodgson. Um, I've got many good yeah, managers, and I don't mean no disrespect to none of them because they all mm. had an influence, but. He was magnificent in his delivery, uh, the, how advanced he was for his time uh, and, and uh, the way he played, the way he set things up was um, streets ahead of probably every manager I had, I think. Oh, uh, angriest teammate? <sighs> uh, was it Cav? <laughs> Should we go with something like Cav when he got Graham Kavanagh? He was an angry man, wasn't he, at times when he... <laughs> Willie Boland? Willie's been up a few times, to be honest. And we, we had Willie on... Uh, we, had, we had Willie on last week, and uh, that's two, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, no. And um, I'm surprised... Uh, he, was, he wasn't surprised that he had a lot of votes. And uh, <laughs> my, my biggest surprise is he didn't vote for himself. Uh, but he had, to be fair, yeah, I think he voted Gordon Strachan, so I, I didn't vote into the apartment. That's a pretty good... Point, then. Yeah. We used to that's be missed off the field, but we used... Oh. He was pretty. He was pretty angry fella. He was, yeah. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was. Uh, he was pretty. Yeah, he was. But uh, we've obviously had this conversation, and I think we've had this conversation off the pitch that he was a different animal when he walked past that white line. I know people say that people change it to something, but he was such a winner, such a born winner, yeah. such competitiveness inside him, and and that and that probably spilled into socialising as well. That if you ever had a pool competition or. Or you had a competition who could drink the pint quickest. Willie always wanted to win, you know what I mean? And, that, and that's not a bad thing, by the way. It's such a, you know what I mean? Size not in his head. Because obviously, size, size good friends with Willie. I met Willie in Cardiff. Um, there's obviously yeah, yeah. a story behind that. But it was such a, it's such a, 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 a winning mentality. And that's such, it's an amazing trait to have because yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. think you see that. I don't think you see that now in many players, um, 2021. You know what I mean? You see players who are technically very good, but you know what I mean? Don't have that, probably that winning mentality that, that, that some players had back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it, it was aggressive. He wanted it, you know, and he he valued his career and you know everything about his approach and everything was just so right, you know. And off the off the field, you know, he was a character and he knew how to enjoy himself. I mean, yeah. I think you know the, the sport nowadays is so serious and, and rightly so. There's a lot at stake. But I liked my era. In all fairness, I liked mm. I liked what we had. We had a lot more characters, yeah. a lot more leaders, yeah. a lot yeah. more people who were allowed to be personalities. 
than they are nowadays. That now they're schooled from so young that it's driven and beaten out of them, and it's just about being a good player, being technically good, and looking good on the ball and keeping possession rather than winning. You know, a lot of the time, I know this uncompetitive football that they play when they're younger can be quite healthy, but sometimes some people don't lose that, and there's not enough passion about winning. Um, and I think I think you see that in a lot of games. Um, especially towards the end of games, you know, when I when I see players, uh, teams popping it around at the back when there's about three minutes to go, yeah. and I'm thinking that needs to go forward, um, yeah. you know. And uh, I don't know, some of that passion and drive for me has been lost um, a little bit by by the modern way. Uh, I totally agree. Was, well, a lot of the characters at Cardiff at the time were were gritty characters. You know, when you think about, I mean, I, I, I'm referring back to Cardiff because that was our time together, yeah. but though. So, but, you know, there was good characters and, and winners and good footballers all together. And a lot of the successful teams I've been involved with, that's been the same combination for a successful mm. team um, every single time. Mm. But then uh, we spoke we spoke earlier on, uh, before we came on, about, about, about that, about, about groups. But you just said there, everyone was individual. Everyone had everyone bought the little piece of the, piece of the table uh, and it worked. It was like a cog, wasn't it? You know what I mean? Everything worked and then things were successful and... And I think that that happens, you know. I mean, I was crying out watching the Man City, uh, Man City, um, Chelsea Cup final, and they're getting beat one 0 with three or four minutes to go, and all. And listen, I'm not a big advocate of just launching the ball in the box, but sometimes it's got to be done. And the, the times that you get a scruffy goal, the times that you get a little yeah. bit of luck, those times when you just do something out of the ordinary, and that might have caused more problems than it does. You know, I mean, people on about now coaching badges and people not having a plan B, plan C. But you know, I mean, when we had managers like Lenny Lawrence, when we had coaches like Butts at Cardiff and um, and obviously Corky, who won you and Dave Jones who came in, they had they had loads of different plans and loads of different ways of playing football. Yes, it might not mm -hmm. have been the prettiest what people play now and play out from the back, but it was very effective and it worked for those groups of players. The best, the best kind of football is winning football for me, mm -hmm. uh, whichever way you do it. I see a lot of teams trying to play this nice, pretty way, but if it doesn't suit the players you've got, you need to change your system. I watched Grimsby painfully this season try and play out from the back for about 25 games, played themselves into a relegation position they couldn't get out of. Well, but Wales are doing the same at the moment with a false nine, which is not working. Yeah, yeah. they need, they nearly messed up qualification playing a false nine, and they only really came together when they played Kiefer Moore up front, and now they've reverted in the friendlies back to a false nine, and it's not working again. It's yeah, very frustrating. Yeah, if you haven't got the players for it, you don't. You can't play it. It was it was painful to watch this season, and I see it coming for Grimsby. And I've done the radio commentary all through the year, and I've commented. I, I just couldn't believe they continued to play out from the back. They were getting caught out. They continued to play it, um, and it was it was a nightmare. You have to play. Uh, you, you have to look at all your best players. Who keeps performing for you? Play them, and then infill around them, and play them mm. in their best position. Find combinations. Um, you know, where you're getting, where you're creating chances, because because if it's not, you're not creating chances, you're not going to score goals, and mm -hmm. you can't play it around at the back if you haven't got players comfortable on the ball. Grooms, we did that this year; it was awful to watch. And uh, where, so, where does that, the where does that way, stem from, though, guys? Where does where does that where does that kind of philosophy stem from? Is that from coaching badges? Do you believe? Because well, it, no, I, I don't, I don't get it. I think there was some influence, but Ian Holloway came to do it. Now, if you remember his time at Blackpool when he brought him through the leagues, it was very attacking football. The ball was forward early. Mm. Um, it was like he was doing a pre-season through the season and it was almost like it's alright, results won't matter, we'll come good and I thought, this isn't right something's not happening here mm. and he, he wasn't brought up like that but strangely all of a sudden when his job came under threat 
He started launching it. Literally, mm. they went. It was from black to white. They just got the ball out for the back. The keeper started launching it to save his job. And as a player, how confusing is that? Yeah. I was just you about know, to say, how, as, as, a, as a player, you wouldn't well, you wouldn't like it, would you? You've had a way of playing. Your players have a philosophy of trying to play. You know what I mean? You, you're working on it all week, and then to, to just change it with the flick of a switch must be so difficult for an individual and a group of players, and younger players as well. Yeah, yeah. And it's not just that. The other thing uh, that I'm not a huge fan of is, is squad rotation. Hmm. You know, I, I, I don't mind it because players need resting, but the, the team has changed week in, week out. The formation was changed week in, week out, and... For me as a player, if I was playing well one week and then dropped the next or dropped in midweek, I'd be fuming. Um, and I don't think you get any consistency to the way you play, who you're playing with, the formation you're playing. You need to have a clear structure. You need to have a best way of playing. It's not having a plan B and a plan C, but you need a best way of playing. And, yeah, uh, I totally agree. Uh, otherwise, as a player, you just, you're thinking, what are we doing? What is our method? And when I talk about great coaches, Roy Hodgson had lots of different ways to play, but he had a favourite way of playing, and you knew it inside out. You knew what your options were, one, two, three, and four, every time you received the ball. Um, and that's why it was good coaching, very, very clear. Absolutely. So um, there's still two questions left on the Magnificent Seven. So um, the final two questions, uh, Grimsby or... Cardiff. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, them Be honest. I love, yeah, I love Grimsby, but um, do you know what? The most upsetting thing about Cleath, uh, Grimsby is the fact that um, we, when I played there, we were championship. That was success on its own, um, but no one really pre appreciated it at the time. Especially when you look at where they are now. We were championship the whole time I was there, and we were competing. We were. I've been up at the top of the league with Grimsby in the championship, but we never won. When I was there, we never did anything else other than that, apart from some good cup runs. But obviously, the day at Cardiff is the, one of the most memorable things, thanks to Andrew Campbell. Um, do you know what I mean, we uh, we had a, such a magnificent time there. Um, I, had, I had two playoffs with, with Cardiff, a failed one and then a successful one. And no one, and the, the times there, it was it was good footballers good off the field times and a successful team. It, for me, it, it ticked everything that I had, but, you know, obviously Grimsby I started here, so that's in my heart, but probably, probably the, the success and the win at Cardiff City Stadium is, is one of my top memories, so I'll have to go with Cardiff probably. Here we go. It's the right answer. Um, <laughs> the, uh, and then finally, uh, my favourite question, and uh, it doesn't have to be football related, but uh, Gary Croft, who is the greatest Englishman who's ever lived? In your question. Well, in the, with Winston Churchill is, is he got to be there, aren't he? Because of one day, Go on. war, you know, he's given us freedom, and he you can't. Mm. You know, he, if you lead something like that, no matter what his uh, faults were, um, if you lead, if you lead an army, if you lead a country, uh, what, what else? Who else can beat that? Do you know what I mean? Mm. Uh, through war. You know, without his steadfastness mm -hmm. you know, and the things he, the, the speeches he delivered, uh, the way he gathered us all together, that momentum and everything like that, no one, no, no one could beat that with winning football games or anything like that. Yeah, mm. it's got to be the truly most momentous thing in recent times. And I think yeah, you I just think... said there, said say about freedom, and freedom is the biggest thing. What we, what we've missed this last year, and I think was someone who gave us something so special. Years and years and years ago, a lifetime ago, um, 
you know, I mean, that's what we want back now. And we, we, I think, I think it's so precious, and it just shows what kind of a what kind of a responsibility he took on his shoulders to give well the whole of the whole of England that. You know, it was such a such a great thing to do. Such a great. Is that a popular answer? We've had it a couple yeah. of times. I said it, didn't I? I said it once. I've said it. On, yeah, on loads of people have said it. Like so, one day when maybe when we get to like. 250 episodes or something or when we get a million views overall i'll go back and i'm going to total up all the the answers of the greatest person who's ever lived and the most angriest teammate and see because there's a few players now and a few people who've had more than one vote so i'd be can interested I and put... Jilton into that by the way yes you can someone else said um jim jim oh my Jilton god as well. I'll tell you, one of the funniest men in football but my god angry Who's angry at you Mm-hmm. One. Mm-hmm. On or off the pitch, he would have you up against the wall as well. He'd be one scared and no one. He's um, I, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting him on the show. I spoke to him, uh, I spoke to him a couple of uh, a couple of months ago, and it's Excellent. just tying him down. And then we, then we're doing the Euros, so we're, we're having a bit of a. This is our last show before we, uh, we have the month of the Euros. So, um, I told him I'll pick it back up because obviously he's a, he's a keen football watcher as well. So. Um, but yeah, I've heard, I've heard, um, I've heard he's a, he's a. It, it must be that midfield position where they just, just get a, like a, like an angry, an angry head on them and just shout at them. Like, the Irish, yeah. isn't it? It's the Irish. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Is is he? Uh, is he Belfast? Is he Belfast? Uh, Belfast where? Northern Ireland. Isn't he? I'm, not, I'm not exactly sure. He's yeah. Actually, yeah. Northern Ireland, Ireland, I believe. Yeah. Uh, he's, yeah. Um, what, what, uh, funny, funny man. I've heard, I've heard, I've heard really good things. Your confidence or two. That one. <laughs> <laughs> You won't get the mic off him, mate, if he starts. <laughs> so, um, what we're going to do next, Gary, is uh, tell me why, where I ask you and uh, Andy a question or give you a subject, and you've got 60 seconds to discuss it. Um, before we do that, I'm just going to very quickly do, we've had a couple of super chats. Uh, Gaz Cubbins uh, sent, oh, he said both. Uh, he said, finale of my story yesterday was uh, fire, by the way, series three. Uh, yeah, there will be a Series 3, uh, not till after the Euros. Thank you for your kind comments. Uh, Eddie Webber was absolutely sensational, was. by the way. Yeah, he was, not, yeah. just, um, not just a phenomenal actor, because he is a superb actor, but um, really like just a genuinely nice guy. Like I've been mm. speaking to him so much over the last couple of days. He's still in contact with me. And um, just a very quick story. It's really weird yesterday. Uh, I woke up yesterday morning, half asleep, went into my Twitter and uh, I didn't like a uh, a message from Craig Fairbrass just saying about the show and saying about um, how good an uh, actor Eddie is. And I was like, had to sort of second glance at it because it was unexpected. But yeah, it was kind of cool. Um, and Gaz also says, so I'll throw this one to you two as the experts. Uh, he says, Lingard and Ward Prowse not being taken to the Euros is a disgrace. Uh, picking White for Trent Alexander-Arnold is also mind-boggling. How many defenders do you need? Discuss. Uh, well, I, I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested, obviously, with uh, with, with Gaz being a, a defender himself and a, um, a very good one at that. That do we need that much cover? I know he's on about. I believe he's taken um, his choice today uh, with the position which Harry Maguire is in. That's that, that's what I that's what I believe he's doing. I think he's he's on the fence that he's going to be fully fit for the first game, the second game, or maybe the third game. Yes, he started training. Light training on his own, but he's a he's a million miles away from being a competitive game in a in a in a European Championship. So, um, I think he's taken that choice over that. Basically, I think he he's, he's overcovering with fullbacks who can play as a three in a in a centre half. Um, I would have loved Jesse Lingard in the in the squad. I'll be honest. I think he's had a phenomenal he's season. Four, he's he's the form player in the whole squad, he is. isn't he? He is. I, I feel sorry for him because. 
the whole thing I haven't got this week is um, obviously the two friendlies that Jesse Lingard started against Austria. He's just been told the day before he's not in the he's not in the he's not in the squad, but he gets to play the next game. We had three players yesterday who were told they're not playing, but they all started. And then you've got the the Ollie Watkins. Yes, it's great experience for them to be in around the camp. Yes, it's great experience for them to get caps. But they must be absolutely devastated inside because they don't want to pick injuries up. They're still on standby apparently, so they can't really go and go and go and get drunk every night or go on holiday. They're still stuck in a in a position because I don't know when the cutoff is if they if they get called up. I don't know if they can get called up during the tournament or no. Or what, it's what? just the, the day before, isn't it? Is it the day before? Yeah. So obviously, they're, so they're they're still they're still they're still frozen until probably Saturday. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Saturday morning or Friday night. It's going to be so. So frustrating for them as as players, but I think once once the, once the tournament starts, they can relax and, and move on. But guys, what's what's your take on on another defender? Is it needed? I don't. I know. I don't think it is needed. No. Um, and to be honest, I just I, I watched him, and I think sometimes he just takes that little bit extra too long on the ball for me, yeah. uh, Ben White as well. You know, because he hasn't played at this level, even against Romania. Um, I just thought against sharper players, you're going to get done a little bit if you take chances like that. Just waiting to see what they're going to do before you make the pass. I think he's got pace and I think he's a good player coming through, but for him to just step up into that level straight away is going to be tricky for him. I think we've got enough cover. Um, I don't think the back fours look particularly brilliant or however he's going to play it as a three. It doesn't fill me with confidence. When I looked and saw that we were favourites alongside France to win it, not for me, and I'm one of the biggest fans. I love England, and I love supporting England, and I'm like any other fan when it comes to England. I was going to say my favourite ads too. I know Lingard's had a good spell, and, but I think he, he, he had that good spell immediately after he sort of went on loan, didn't he? That's where his best period was. I think he's faded mm. away a bit towards the end of the season. They haven't really yeah. done anything in the friendlies for me either. Mm. But Ward Prowse, what you've got there is a man who can deliver set pieces. I think his, his set piece is like phenomenal. And yeah. well, that's what I was going to ask you both, well. um, Gary. Is um, Trent Alexander Arnold takes a lot of the set pieces mm. um, in and around the, you know the box, the corners, and stuff. Um, and I just felt because they've got so much cover at fullback and centre back and defensive minded players, I felt like it was a good opportunity to bring in because Trent Alexander Arnold is not in there for his defensive work. He's in there for going forward. He's in there for his set pieces. And I felt like James Ward-Prowse was the obvious replacement to me because he's mm. his set pieces, as you know, they're better than anyone else's in the in this squad. Um, so I kind of wanted unless to throw that to you both. I don't think he will play trickier, that's the thing. Well, I think he'll have to now, though, won't he? Because it, we haven't got anybody who, who, who would probably, on a regular basis, take set pieces like he does. You know what I mean? I've seen. But can you pick players um, just on set piece? Like ability, because if is Trippier your first choice right back in that squad? No, he'll probably play just, left back. In my, I think he'll probably play left. Yeah. I think he'll probably play. What, left ahead of Luke Shaw? I thought I thought Shaw was all right. I like Shaw going forward, not so much defensively. But I'd I'd go Car Walker if we have got a centre half um, fit. If if we do, um, you know, if we don't have the regular centre halves playing, then Car Walker for me of the season he's had. He's so quick, he can get us out of trouble. His positional sense isn't always brilliant, but his pace can get you out of trouble, can get get us forward. Yeah, He's the right back for me. Um, I, and, uh, yeah, I, I think Kyle Walker and Luke Shaw would have mm. got to be the full-backs. Well, listen, me, si, I, well, I, I don't think you can second-guess You can't second guess his manager, you know what I mean? I, I thought that Gareth was quite, um, quite predictable in, in, in some of the decisions that he's done before. I think he's been quite... You can read him a little bit. With the squad that he's picked... 
no one can second guess him now. His, his selection for for next Saturday, I don't think you'll be able to second guess him. Um, I look at some. I look at the the, the games in the friendlies. Are, are they a waste of time? What's the point of having them? Is he just been looking at them for 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 up and coming players? Is he looking at them for him to keep players match fit? He knows his team. He knew his team two weeks ago. What he's going to play against Croatia, apart from Harry Maguire, and now Trent. You know what I mean? He's he's just going to fill holes in. He knows that, that the players were going to start. He knows that he knows his bench. He knows his tactics. He knows everything. Everything what he's going to do. Especially for the three games for me, he, he knows exactly what he needs to do. And he's under so much pressure, by the way, um, to fulfil all the support. As you guys says the guys spoke there about being an, an England fan and, and and wanting England to do well. I'm I'm a super England fan. You know what I mean? I'm gutted when I cry when they got beaten penalties. It still hurts me getting beat by. Uh, Germany in uh, 1990, you know what I mean? It, it, it boils me and getting beat by Argentina. I'm, in, I'm a huge England fan. I want them to do well. I'm gutted when they don't win. I want us to win something in my lifetime. Do I think it'll happen? Probably not. You know what I mean? I'm just, I'm just hopeful it does. You know, I'd love them to get to the final. At all, no, I'm not. I'm not. I, just, not. I, I, I think, think it's a tricky tournament so overall, though. I don't think we're a full team. Yeah. But I, see I the think draw it's a well. tricky tournament. I see the draw as well, and I see, I see, I see what we've got. We've got the the group of death. We play France, Germany, or Portugal. So one, we're going to we're going to get one of them. And I just think, yes, you've got to beat teams along the way, but not in the second, not in the not in the, the first game after qualifying. You know, it's going to be so difficult. And if you get through that, you've you've obviously got a chance. But then your games come even harder. You might pick an injury up. You, you you've got COVID on top of it. If we get, you, you know what I mean? It's just England all over that they get stung by COVID, and two or three of the best players don't get it. And a lot of play for seven days. It's just you know. I just hope that that we can gather have a full tournament where all the best players can turn up to the party. England, Wales, Scotland, Germany, Portugal, Italy, France, everybody, and we can have the best tournament we can have. Because do you know what? This should be and should have been a cracker last year, but hopefully yeah, it will be this year. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, I watched the last World Cup, and obviously, I don't think England played particularly well through the groups at all. No. I think they had one good game in the whole tournament against Sweden, and even then, they weren't outstanding. I know they got sixth in against Panama and. Um, sort of, and they had lots of pe- penalties, and but for me, it was very, very unconvincing. Um, yeah. Did he play right back at conservative, left back wasn't it? Trippier played left back. Yeah. Like, yeah. Trippier did play, play, didn't he? Because he scored that yeah. free kick in the. He's got the free kick against Croatia, yeah. Yeah, but we had, uh, we, had, we had Harry, we had Harry Kane taking set pieces. You know, what I mean, the whole thing, yeah, the whole thing was ridiculous. wrong. You know, they're, 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 these are my concerns. You know, what I mean, you. You're filling square pegs and round holes. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it's just it doesn't work. You know, for me, um, Gareth's got his head screwed on, and, and hopefully he can uh, he can bring something back to the country. Mm-hmm. You know, a positivity. Yeah. And I mean, semi-final, final, whatever. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. So, just before we do the Tommy Wire, I just want to touch on a couple of things. First and foremost, my outside tip to uh, win a group is Scotland. I think if they beat Czech Republic. Because only because everybody He's trying to win. Everyone's everyone's written off. Scotland, uh, everyone's written off Scotland against England. England are going to walk it, but that game is like no other. It's not like your normal Euros game, and England aren't firing on all cylinders. And like people seem to be forgetting that Scotland have got quite a lot of Premier League footballers in their squad. They've got good footballers. Yes, they're not. Uh, they, you know, they haven't got the depth of other teams. They haven't got the quality of what England have got to select from. But on that day in 90 minutes, particularly if they win their first game, I really fancy them to go and get a point against England. And then, you know, it can go, you've got four points from two games. They could easily win the group from that position. Um, so that's my outside little tip. But I wanted to get your opinions, guys. Uh, Matthew Angel there says, uh, what did you make of Roy Keane's comments about Jordan Henderson being involved in the friendly? Um, so if you're not aware... I can quickly sort of give you a de- 
the gist of it. Uh, he basically said he should not be playing. He's clearly not fit. Is he there to play card tricks? Um, you know, he's he is in the squad, from what I can gather. He's mm-hmm. still in the Euro squad, isn't he? Yeah. yeah but yeah. Um, he's, he's not yeah. fit. Um, and, yeah, Roy Keane basically gave him a bit of a slaughtering. I think it's, ob- I think it's obvious he's not fit. I think it's obvious... He w- Jordan didn't help himself yesterday at all with his penalty. You know what I mean? Why he's why he's taking it and why he's putting himself under unnecessary pressure in a game where he just needs to get through. He needs to get through a game um, of football with match fitness, doing extra running, getting through a game unscathed, which he did. He didn't need to get... Um, he didn't need to do something like that and put himself under unnecessary pressure, which then brings a criticism. You know what I mean? Roy's, Roy's criticism is harsh at the best of times. You know what I mean? He's, he's very good to listen to. He's very good watch on Sky, on ITV. But Jordan Henderson is, on paper, and when he's fit, he's one of England's best midfielders. You know what I mean? He can marshal the, uh, the, the, the defensive line. He can sit in front of the back four. He can spray balls around. He can, he, can, he, he can win a game on his own. You know what I mean? By the job that he does. Yes, he's not fit. It, will, he be, will he be given the job behind Declan Rice to come in and kill a game off and, and sit and protect? If he is, then it's a masterstroke by the manager. You know what I mean? And, and I, I do understand this point, you know what I mean? Because other players who... He's a Jesse Lingard fan. He's a Ward-Prowse fan. He wants them both in the squad. I fully get that. But for me, I'm, I'm pleased he's in it because he's a, he's a winner. He knows how to win. He's won Premier Leagues. He's won Champions Leagues. There's not, not that many players in that squad who've got those credentials who can win big games and big, big tournaments. And he's done that. Yeah, I think it maybe start with Rice, but I think Henderson's yeah. on his heels. I think he's, he's mm. the Southgate's favourite to play. Yeah. And I think if he can get him some time in that first game, England mm. get a lead and they can get him on. He'll get Henderson on mm. and he'll get his match fitness back as quick as possible because he's the main man in there for me. He's, he's got the record and he's got the games under his belt that says he's the best man for that role. And like Andy said there, I don't think he's fit yet. I don't think he's ready to say step in, but I think as soon as you could, you'd get him in there and you'd get him involved and you'd get him leading that team because I'd have him more than the, the lad from Leeds without a, without a no. doubt. Listen, Gareth... experience Gar- for him, but he's not good enough yet. Gareth will have his, have his plan. If England, if England win the first two games, Jordan Henderson plays a full 90 minutes in the third game against Czech Republic and and then it's up to him then to recover and, and force his way into the tournament because that could be... If England can get six points out of six in the first two games, they'll have a pivotal chance to play and rest players and give players an opportunity to progress through for the for the real tough game which is which is the next game and and for me the players are good enough to do it jordan will be good enough to do it he just needs he needs games but he's he's running out of days but i understand roy's point i just think it's badly timed because if he was english would he be saying it if it was an irish player would he be saying it about his about his i think it's really bad timing in terms of the tournament's just around the corner. Gareth's picked a squad. For me, you respect the manager's decision and just and just support every single player in that camp because the players yeah. need their well, support. Irish, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and, and I get that. And I get he's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a neutral pundit. You know what I mean? Ireland haven't had the best of times over the last year or two. You know what I mean? But for me, every English fan should back every single player what the manager's picked. If you don't agree with the decision, that's fine. I don't, but I'm, yeah. I'm still going to back him. I'm still going to back yeah. every single player and I hope every single one of them does well because there'll be no prouder man to see England get to the quarter semi final, whatever that may be. Hopefully, it is. If it's not, then yeah. you take on the chin. I mean, but... back to the Scotland point where you said about Scotland doing well. The thing is about Scotland is they have got a limited amount of players, but then players tend to play the majority of their time together in them games for Scotland and they form better links, um, better understanding with each other, and they pull together because they're passionate and they believe in it. You know, the, if nothing else, the Scots are very passionate. You get them similar sort of eleven players playing most weeks for Scotland. They don't, they can't rotate 
as much as what England can. And I just think it, sometimes it can form a stronger bond. We've seen Wales, what they did um, in, in the last World Cup. And, you know, I, I think it can work for Scotland in the, in the Euros as well. And they've got better plays this time. They look like a threat. Robertson down that left now, he's really maturing into an absolute sensational fullback now. Uh, he's creating stuff going forward and, and, and he's a defender as well. And they've got other players, uh, McTominay midfield now playing for, you know, second in the Premier League. You know, they, they've got good players and, they, and they're getting used to playing with each other. So they could be a surprise package to go through. I'm not sure if they'll win the, league, uh, the group. But, um... I, I hope everyone does well, though. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm an England fan, but I, I want Wales to get as far as I can. I want Scotland to qualify. I think for, for British football, for, for the show that we're doing, I so hope that every British side does well and, and gets as far as they can. I, I just can't see Scotland qualifying, I'll be honest, out of the group. I think I think Croatia is still strong. I think, I think yeah, it all I think depends England's, on the first game, mate. For it them. does, yeah, but, but they're playing Czech Republic. They're the unknowns for me. You know what I mean? Czech Republic, and they've got a good side. England have got a good side. Scotland have got a decent side. They've got some good players. If they're, like, like Gaz just said there, you know what I mean? You've got your, um, you've got your Robertson, you've got your Tierney. You know what I mean? There's your left-hand side. You know what I mean? You've got, you've got Arsenal. You've got Liverpool. You've got Man United midfielders. You know what I mean? That's that's going back in the day when Ali McCoy and Colin Hendry and um, and all those kind of fellas were playing. You know what I mean? That's, they're, they're back to that level now. So they've got an opportunity mm. to progress. Do well, do the country proud. But for me, uh, I, I, if England, as long as England qualify, I don't really care. Right, we'll uh, we'll circle back to the Euros no doubt because the uh, the banter back and forth in the chat has already begun, which is it's going to be a funny uh, four weeks or so. But um, obviously Wales are going to win it, so it doesn't really matter. No, um, Germany have won, haven't they? No, mate. I go, yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, because I want that signed memorabilia. <laughs> Um, no, in fairness, I think France will win it because France have got the best squad uh, and they play as a team. And I think overall, that's what it'll come down to if they can turn up on the day. Right, we're moving on. Uh, we're going to go with Tell Me Why. You've both got 60 seconds to uh, discuss the questions, which I'm going to put to you in just a second. So let's... Okay, uh, Gary, as the guest, mate, do you want to go first or second? I'll go second. I'll let Andy go first. Second. Proof so, up. Andy, really, really easy subject to discuss in 60 seconds. Um, apparently, Eddie Howe turned down the Spurs job, as uh, me and you discussed privately a couple of weeks ago now. Uh, well, mm -hmm. yeah, about a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Eddie Howe turned down the Spurs job. Uh, then you had the Conte debacle where he had kind of agreed everything. They were bringing in a general manager ahead of him and then it all of a sudden was all called off because of the transfer budget. I want you to talk to me mainly about Eddie Howe but also the Spurs job overall uh, and what they're, you know, what they're looking to do. But uh, your 60 seconds start now. Well, quite broad. I'll start with Eddie Howe. So Eddie Howe for me, he's one of the best young coaches in in England that we've got. Um, I'd love to see him back in football. I think his, his freshness, his ideas, the way that he plays is, is very exciting. Um, I, I have heard that he's trying to bring in his own staff with him wherever he goes. That's why the Celtic thing didn't happen. Obviously, turned down other jobs. Um, I think sooner or later he's got to, he's got to take an opportunity because there's not that many clubs who are looking for a manager. Um, the Spurs debacle for me is is Daniel Levy. They've got the new stadium, which has brought a lot of debt, um, which is brings a limited transfer budget. And managers are, un, are unsure about going there, about, about having lack of money to spend. Spurs are a big club, but they, they need to spend money. You know what I mean? They've got, a, they've got an ageing squad. Um, they need some fresh players. They've struggled in Europe. They've struggled in the Premier League. They're miles away in terms of, of winning anything. Um, so, for me, they need to start splashing the cash. And, and the only person who's going to do that is the chairman, Daniel Levy. 
Yeah, five That's seconds left. To, five seconds that. left, Joe. Yeah, not, not, a, not a bad effort at all. So, um, same question to you, really, uh, guys. And your sixty seconds start now. Yeah, well, Eddie Howe for me has been absolutely unbelievable at Bournemouth. You know, I, I think he's not given enough credit for just what he's done done there. Um, this season, I feel he'll probably feel like he wasn't backed enough when he went with them having well the season before when they went down. You know, I don't think he was backed enough. I think he needed some budget as well to survive there. But he's got to be in a job soon, hasn't he? You know, he's he's absolutely phenomenal. He's obviously being offered some positions, but he wants to bring in his own staff. And you know, if he knows what makes his way of working succeed, then he's going to need his staff. And I, and if that's why he's not been uh, given positions, then they need to look at that. Uh, Daniel Levy. Um, must be a, such a difficult man to work with, you know. Um, every single uh, manager that's been in there has just got the, the shadow of him hanging over them, and uh, you know they just can't win, can they? They they can't get it right at spares, and uh, they're struggling with their budget. Like Andy said, there they've got no uh, money for any new signings or certainly significant signings that are going to. And that, into that's a just sixty seconds. Well done. That's very good. Good. Very, it's hard to go on twice. It's hard to go on twice, isn't it? Because you've, you've already, um, you don't want to try and duplicate the answers. You, you've, yeah. you've covered me, haven't you? <laughs> my, I think my thing with the, with the Eddie Howe thing quickly is, like, for me, if he's turning down the Spurs job, like, what job is he expecting to get? Um, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, but basically, like, he's not going to jump from the Bournemouth job to... Liverpool or Man United or Chelsea. So, like, sort of Tottenham Arsenal is kind of like the the ceiling for him at the moment or, you know, a Celtic or a Rangers if, they, if those jobs were to come around. So, it, it is, and I get what you said about his backroom staff. Um, it's, it's an interesting one to me because for it's me, two Celtic, very Celtic, big jobs, Celtic, mate, that he's Celtic, not Celtic got. for me was a no-brainer. Celtic for me had to happen. You know, yes. you look at look at previous managers, you know what I mean? Look at Brendan Rodgers, you know what I mean? The success Brendan had there and then he got himself a established job in a, with a top Premier League club and, and had a philosophy and way of playing. You know what I mean? For me, I think he, he was stupid not to take it. You know what I mean? Even if he'd uh, met halfway and said, I can take two members of staff instead of four or five. You know what I mean? You've got to, you've got to be selfish sometimes and, and look after number one. And If he was going there on his own, I'd, I'd say, yeah, that, that, that's not for me. But I'm sure that they would have let him take an assistant manager or a coach or or somebody in with him he was able to trust. It's, it, it's, it's, no one he takes a one-man band anymore. There's no way in the world this Australian fella is going in there on his own. No way. No. no not very true, mate. Um, just to quickly say as well, Richie Thomas has made his return after a, a long stint away from the uh, the group chat. And uh, welcome back to Richie. And he says, hey, guys, quick question for Andy. Will England be shopping at Iceland again this year's Euros? Um, I don't know uh, what he means by that. By the no, way, neither, no neither, neither do I. Neither do I. I tell you what, a lot of people are putting a lot of unnecessary pressure on your own country, by the way. So, you know what I mean? Sometimes, ah, there's uh, no pressure on people... Wales, mate. <laughs> well, you weren't as good as your last Not tournament, were you? You weren't as good as your last tournament. So the expectation is the same again. So let's see. Nah, there's never the same expectation on Wales with the squad they've got <laughs> this, now compared oh, to what they had be, then. Don't, don't, be all, saying, don't be saying this. Don't be saying this. You've got a. This full of kids, mate. Apart from Bale and Ramsey. You've got your Juventus player, kids. Real Madrid player, Man United uh, player. Yeah. They won't even play for those clubs by the end of the summer. <laughs> so it doesn't really matter. They're going to be playing for Cardiff. Deflection. Deflection. Yes, indeed. I think they're a good um, tournament in Wales. I do. I think they'll come good. I do, I, I do, honestly. I think they've got a good spirit and kind of like. These, you know, sometimes we play so rigidly as England, we've got such a fear about us 
that we can be so restricting on the players and the pressure yeah. that's on England. And I think when nothing's expected from you, when you are a bunch of kids, sometimes tournament football just works for you. You know, you go. I think the problem we've got, guys. I think the problem we've got is obviously the the, the manager situation. Obviously, Paige is a, a teammate of ours, good friend of ours. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I hope he does well for him. But I just think that there's the excuse straight away. Not not from him. I think for the country, for the nation, for the players, because it's been a bit of a bit of a show which shouldn't have didn't need to happen. But you know what I mean? Such I don't a mess. think they need an excuse one day because nothing is expected of them. They don't have to go no, to no, Europe, Europe and be a top team. They don't have to make an yeah. excuse why they're not a big team because they've got they're a small mm. country. No disrespect to Wales. Yeah. Obviously, I love Wales. But they're a small mm. country and they're not expected to win. They can go there and just you know go for it. You know, we'll, just go for it. If we uh, if we get through no the group stage, I'm happy. To be honest, if we get through to the knockout stage, I'm happy. That's a good tournament. Because anything, anything after the group stage is like mm. anything can happen. Oh, anything games, can happen. Know yeah. You know, so you know, I, I do yeah. think you know if they can, like you said, if they can get through that, not not just to be a success, anything can happen then for any team. Look at yeah. Denmark when they won it and things mm. like that. Crazy stuff happens. Greece. You got um, Greece, yeah. You know, so mm. it's, fr it's frightening what right. can happen. So mm. if um, Ramsey wasn't suspended, why we love it. Um, so yeah, I just hope we abandon the uh, the false nine. Formation, I've got to say, I, that's, I'm not a fan. Um, we haven't got the players for that. But anyway, the, the second subject is, uh, it looks as if uh, Liverpool midfielder uh, Wijnaldum is set to join Paris Saint-Germain on a free transfer. Please discuss this. Andy Campbell, 60 seconds, go. I, I was very surprised. I, know, I, th I think he'd had a bit of, uh, he'd had an offer from Italy as well, after a few Juventus, and, uh, and, he, and he turned him down yeah. to go to France. Um Financially, very good move. Football-wise, probably not. Um, yeah, listen, the, 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 they'll, they'll win the league potentially next year. Pochettino is going to stay. Uh, he'll, he'll do a good job. He'll get the title back. Uh, so he'll win a title next year. He'll potentially be in the quarterfinal semi-finals of the Champions League. He's had a, he's had a great career. He's going to be playing in the Euros. He's, he's a very talented footballer. I just find it a strange decision um, in terms of you leave Liverpool. And I see it as a step down in terms of playing week in, week out. You know what I mean? Every game in the Premier League was a challenge. Every game was a big game. And to play for Paris Saint-Germain, yes, you're playing for one of the best clubs in the world, one of the richest clubs in the world, but will it be challenging for him physically against some lesser teams week in, week out? Will he be challenged enough? Whereas in Italy, you know what I mean? You've probably got the top nine at the minute who would challenge you further, in my opinion. Indeed. Uh, you've got the three seconds. I'll let you off. If he's, turned, if he's turned down, is he turned down Barcelona as well? Then? Yeah, turned down Barcelona, Juventus. Apparently, he wanted more money, um, is what I've read. And Gavin yeah, just said the same there. I'm surprised um, he turned Barca down with uh, with Koeman being the manager, though, because obviously the, the, the Holland route. I'm surprised there. Yeah, but I guess he's in his mind, he's worth X amount and he's not budging. I respect that. I do. I really do. I think if, if someone believes they're worth whatever it may be, then they shouldn't budge from that. That's what you've got to, got to believe in, what you're worth. But anyway, Gary, your 60 seconds start now. Same question. Yeah, well, <clears throat> for me, it's a payday. It's a payday. It's probably agent-led. Uh, at the end of the day, you're saying about, you know, standing up for what you're worth. But when you're earning that much money, I don't think it's going to make an awful lot of difference to him where he goes, to be honest. You've got to go and challenge yourself. There's only three leagues in Europe, isn't there? Let's face it. You've got Spain, well, sorry, four. Spain, Germany, um, Italy and England. And other, anything other than that's just you're kicking your boots around at the pitch uh, for at least probably 25, 30 of them games without being challenged. Wijnaldum should have stayed if he could have stayed at Liverpool. Um, and, and obviously the opportunity to go to Barcelona, 
it's a no-brainer, isn't it? You know, how, how on earth you don't take the opportunity, I, I don't know. Paris Saint-Germain is either lifestyle, uh, he's taking a, you know, he's, he's having a bit of a rest season or two, and he's going to get silverware. You know, there's no doubt about it. He can show his trophy mm. cabinet off, but I don't think when he looks back at it, he's going to enjoy that as much as he would have done doing it in Spain or one of the other big leagues of Europe. Because, um, you know, it's not going to be challenging to him, no doubt. No, that's all. Uh, you I, say I, about I totally trophy, though. You ask uh, Pochettino, he probably came in expecting to win a trophy this season and didn't go to plan. So it's, it's never guaranteed, is it? And like you'd expect them to. And whatever. I, I Andy, know, but stop, he was stop he was the clocks, mate. Because uh, Rob Boyle has sent in an interesting uh, proposition for you. He says, Andy, I'll bet you £50 for charity <laughs> that Wales will go further than England at the Euros. Okay. Okay, what a challenge! Are you, you're going to accept that? Oh, of course. Watch yeah, of course. Uh, anything for charity, mate, isn't it? That's, of course, it's what we're all about with charity. Of but course. anyway, yeah, it's um, it's one of those, and like the French league is like similar to the Scottish league, and that is two teams, and and ironically, one of those, one of the uh, one of the teams outside those two teams won the league this year. But you know, on the whole, it's it's a two team. But guys, guys at the nail on the head, though, didn't he? You know what I mean? That players are that well looked after, well paid. That yeah. do they need that extra payday? You know what I mean? And, and let's well, be honest, he's not that old. So he signed a three-year deal. In three years' time, he's, he? he's, he's going to have. Um, I'll find out for you now. Uh, he's going to have another um, another move. Will he go to the states? Will he? You know what I mean? Will he do? Um, will he do something else? It's. Um, I think he might. He might come back to a good club at the end of the day. You know, he might come back to a big club. He perhaps wants to get some more silverware under his belt. Do it in a couple of leagues. You're almost. Go in there and guaranteeing it, aren't you? Um, Thirty, know, thirty years old. You could argue it's his one. It's his last big contract, I suppose. At thirty, I don't know though. It's. Do you know what? One thing I would say is when you're earning hundred and fifty grand a week and you get a big signing on fee and and bonuses and sponsorships, does an extra fifty grand a week really make that much difference? I don't know. Well, I mean, on I, the face of it, to me, it doesn't. Number, when you say the number, it does, but not when it's in relative to his actual. There's only so much, so much money you can spend. I think. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, he's going to be safe and you know well supported for the rest of his life, and probably yeah. everyone in his surrounding family. So you go for your career, you know. And I, I'm surprised at his, his decision. Really surprised. You know, I thought he was fabulous. How many, so how many chances? How many chances do you get to go and play for Barcelona in your lifetime? How many times? I mean, that, that door doesn't open very often. You know what I mean? You, you, no. It's open because of a, a Dutch legend. You know, if he's opened that door and he's turned it down, I'm, I'm, I'm so surprised. They've just signed um, Aguero. You know, listen, that 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 for me would have been a, a dream. And and you know what I mean? Gaz said it. The four leagues. That league next year potentially could be even stronger with um, with the managers who are coming in. You know, we got Ancelotti going at Real Madrid. So the league again, Atletico won the won the league last year, so they'll be competitive again. It's going to be such a yeah, such Seville, a competitive Seville division again. Yeah, nearly nearly got involved, mm. didn't they, with about five or six games mm. to go to win the league, and mm. they fell away. So it's getting stronger over there. There's no doubt about it. But it's only driven. It's only driven by 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 his individualities and the way that he the way he looks at it. If he's looking at it in, in trophies and he wants to win some more trophies, then he's probably guaranteed. He's probably going to look at it in three years that he's he should win a minimum of three, four trophies with cups, leagues, etc. So you know, what I mean, he could win. He could win six to eight trophies in the next three years easily. So you know, what I mean, if you look at it like he that, maybe it's, it's he a maybe good took decision. a look at Liverpool and thought maybe they're falling away. Mm. You know, with with mm. what happened this year, they had a strong finish, mm. but. Probably thinking, am I going to win anything here? You know, it's going to be tough. 
uh, maybe knows the noises certain other players are making in that dressing room to think that they might not be there that long or he doesn't like the look of who they're talking about bringing in or he's heard that he might be on the way out and he could be sitting on the bench. So there's reasons for him, obviously, to, to leave. Um, but um, his choices, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's a puzzling one, I, I think. Yeah. He's won, a, won quite a lot of trophies. He's no doubt going to win something at Barcelona as well, I would have thought. Yeah. 100%. So, um, Gary, we're going to just throw to some questions from the live chat for a bit. Um, Kay Childs asked, uh, he said he loves the shirts in the background, Gary. What's the best shirt you've swapped with a player? Do you know what? A lot of... I've got a lot of regrets about with not swapping shirts. It wasn't a big thing to do when I was kind of like playing. You didn't do a lot because nowadays it's seen, seen as something, you know, like you just do. It's a, everyone says, I want your show. For, for me and the way we was brought up, I don't know if Andy agrees with this, but I don't want to swap, like ask someone for their shirt. Like I'm thinking they're super famous. You know, it was a bit like, I didn't want to do that at the time. I wasn't thinking about having someone at an opposition player's shirt on my wall. I'd be like, your shirt? You, if you want mm -hmm. mine, you can have mine. No one no one ever did like, but, you know. But that, that, well, that, as you say, that, that, got jumped, that got drummed out of us at Middlesbrough. So Brian Robson told us that we weren't allowed to swap shirts. And, and he, he gave that exact reason. You know what I mean? If they ask for yours, that's yeah. different. But you're not swapping yeah. with Roy Keane. You're not swapping with Andy Cole, Dwight York. Patrick Vieira, Birdcamp and Elka. Because some so of the conversations before the games was about whose shirt you might be getting. You know, and then you're, and you're talking in awe of players. So, as it happens, I didn't swap with a lot of people. You know, probably the only person who's any real fame that I've got was um, Shay Givens. Because, but that was just because I got off him as a mate of mine. I used to live with Shay back in the day at Blackburn. And, uh, but I didn't really, I didn't swap on anyone's shirts at all. I just... Um, and I, and I wanted I, to. It was in my mind. But I, I, I find it difficult, though, Crofty, mate, because let, let's say, for example, I'll pick, I'll pick one of the best wingers that I came across. Who, who, so let's, let's say David Gillen has played against Gary Croft. That, that, that Gary Croft tackles David Gillen all the time, but David Gillen takes past Gary Croft every time. And, has, and, and one of them's had a good game, one of them doesn't have a very good game. You're not going to want to swap a shirt with, with the person who's just had you in his pocket. So it, I think it's a real uncomfortable conversation because why would I want to swap a, a shirt with Alan Shearer for example if I didn't play directly with him or against him if you want to swap a shirt it's got to be a direct op opponent who you've just played against but I, I find it a difficult conversation to have yeah yeah I mean I don't know what players do to justify it now I'd be embarrassed no. I would, no. I, even now I think you know maybe it's just ingrained into me but you know imagine finishing a game you know and and, and I just can't imagine going over so can, can I have yeah. your shirt I love you what I'm, mm. I, we're, we're eating mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're, we're against each other. You're not even in my team. Yeah. What are your shirt for? Mm, in totally hindsight, agree. when I look back and I'm with my kids, I'm thinking, God, I wish I'd have got all these shirts because it would have yeah. been nice. However, yeah. I'd rather go and buy them for 250 quid off eBay mm. and, and have mm. them now rather than, yeah. you know, have to ask sort of... Them, yeah. That's for mm. the shirts. Yeah, I just but I think that's the thing. Like, some, some, some for me, it, it looks premeditated. That you know, what I mean, the shirts are getting swapped as the final whistle's gone. So it's not like well, you remember that conversation's been had before the final whistle's gone. So it's like, how, mm. how are you bringing up that kind of conversation? That yeah. can we swap shirts at the yeah. end? So, see, they've they've done it on a corner. Are you not doing your job properly? Are you? Are you yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, it's, it's, it's just, there's, it just there's a bigger like picture. It's a bit too laid back. I don't know if you know James Madison came on and sub in a Liverpool in a Leicester game not so long ago, and he was seen to be laughing and joking with some of the players he was playing against. I can't remember the game, but he got absolutely hammered on uh, online and places like that. Uh, not hatred or anything like that, but just for looking like he was he wasn't bothered. You know, he was chatting yeah. to the opposition and that type of thing. Well, there was a few yeah, Premier League players as well, weren't there? You, um, you don't chat away to players. 
no. a position, no. aren't you, the mates, when you're on the pitch? No. Um, it well, was a game, I think, that Leicester kind of like lost the chance, or we, it was an important game for them to, like, when mm. they stayed, had a better chance of getting into Europe in the mm. top four, and it was all too laughy jokey, and he, and he got, and, and that's the sort of thing that I don't like, I, and I can't understand um, how that goes on a lot on the pitch. How mm. you can stand but, and laugh and joke with the opposition? Yeah, because I don't get it. War when you're out there, it's like you're, yeah. you're on. You are mates with no one. Mm. I don't get it. There was a video. There was a video. Pogba of, was switching at half time, mate, wasn't he? Yeah, with, with yeah. Sammy Lesso. Sammy Lesso. Yeah. Sammy Lesso. Yeah. And Pogba at half time. I, I just, in the Champions I don't get League that. game, that was. I there don't was get a, that. Imagine, there imagine was the managers at half time when you're coming in. That must be. I'm not. If I was a manager or something like that, I wouldn't. I wouldn't play him for a few weeks. You have to just say, you know, if you want to do that, you know, you go and sign for him or something like that. You know, you're not playing the manager if that's what you're like. You know, if are you going into your challenges hard enough? You know, if you if you're a soft touch like that, asking for people's shirts and being all friendly, you know, are you going in when you're on the pitch? Are you going in? Are you wanting to win the battles against your mate? What if you go head to head with him in a battle? Are you gonna yeah. let him get in front of you? Yeah, you gotta you gotta show that steel in every way. All the you know, from the moment you arrive at the game, whether it is one one thirty, whatever it is, until yeah. you leave that game, you'd have got no friends apart from your teammates. Mm, totally agree, and the, and, the, and this is the thing, side for me. I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll use it as an example. You know, what I mean, one of the, one of the probably the best strikes I've seen during my time at Cardiff was was Crofty's world class goal at uh, Notts County. You know, what I mean, great strike. I'd rather swap a shirt with one of my teammates who's just done something in a game like that and get him to sign it and and do it properly because I know the hard work that someone's driven themselves to get to that point, and it's just for me, it, it means more. You know what I mean? It, for me, I would never, I would never have felt comfortable in in walking in with someone else's shirt after a defeat, um, and and being able to justify that in front of my teammates and my players who who who, who had respect for me and I had respect for them. I wouldn't feel comfortable in doing it. Yeah. So the answer, the answer is, I do have some shirts, but I bought them all. I've got a Rooney shirt. I've got um, a Jeff Hurst signed shirt. Um, I was going to say you, you you didn't swap with him. him. It's different, obviously, it. isn't it? It's different in, in international football. International football, it's allowed to happen. It does. It, it's you know, I've, I've got a couple of national shirts, but we didn't do it, and we weren't allowed to do it in the European Championships on the pitch. We had to do it in the changing rooms, and the players came into our changing room because it was the biggest, and we and we did it in there, and it was it was quite civilized. It was nice, it was like a nice feel, and you were sat there, and we were disappointed. We just been knocked out the Euros, but you're swapping a shirt with, with the lads from Slovakia who's buzzing. He just wants an England shirt, and it's just. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a nice thing, but it's 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 yeah. not when you lose. I, I I didn't I didn't like it, and I didn't want to really yeah. want to keep it. But you do out respect out respect for people. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, okay. Um, do, 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 do. Gary Donna asked, uh, which football teams do you support, and do you still follow Cardiff? Absolutely, yeah, I absolutely follow Cardiff. I follow all makes teams. Um, there's about six. We've got six teams. I always check them every day. I've got them marked on my Sky. All the results come up and a Cardiff especially, but I'm actually a Derby County fan. Yeah, I'm from go. near Derby. I'm from Utoxeter. And, uh, Boy, have I, I got a question for you about Derby. <laughs> I was a Rams <laughs> fan from 84 when they were in the third tier. And uh, I used to go there and and then eventually went round onto the pop side in the old baseball ground. And Andy, I don't know if you ever got to play Good there. ground, yeah. Yeah, it what was. It was, a, yeah, it was great was ground. Yeah. The atmosphere was great ground there. I, I, I loved it. And, you know, you know, obviously, then when you start playing, you lose touch a bit with your home team. But, you know, Derby yeah. is kind of was my dad's team. It's my team. My lad now likes Derby. It's kind of like ingrained in us. So, we can't, we obviously, can't, every every Cardiff fan wants to know, Gaz. Does it always snow in Derby, then? <laughs> always what? Does it always snow in Derby? 
Snow in Derby. Have I missed yeah. something? Yeah, well, obviously well, the they game called when, that uh, game the off, game didn't they? The game when Cardiff and Derby, Cardiff and Derby got called off, didn't it, at Pride Park? And, uh, oh, yeah. Obviously Cardiff, there was Cardiff got there. Yeah, yeah. Cardiff got there yeah, and there was no well. snow on the pitch and, and, and obviously Derby called it off because they had loads of players out injured, so all the players yeah, jumped yeah, on the yeah, back yeah. of it. And, um, <laughs> I, uh, I forgot about Obviously, a good, good, good friend of the show is obviously Ed, Ed Dawes. Ed does the radio radio for um, for Derby's, Derby's live games on a, uh, on a weekend and... Um, I went on. I went on live radio for Derby because because of a certain tweet I put out there, which yeah, didn't go down very well. To be honest, it was a it was a joke which backfired really badly. Really, um, and as Ed, Ed found the Ed found the funny side, but every single Derby fan didn't. I'll be I'll be honest, it went uh, went down like a lead balloon. But I found was it funny about for that the... game? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but uh, <laughs> I, I got uh, I was I was getting hammered for weeks, weeks and weeks and weeks, yeah. and. Uh, I just thought it was funny. I thought it was hilarious. Absolutely. On the gym, if you're a Derby fan, I'm going to be at the minute, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the minute. Um, especially the minute of what's going on. So, Gary, as a Derby fan, I wanted to ask you a question. Um, you know, when you signed Wayne Rooney, or should I say, like, when, what was it, Bet 32 signed Wayne Rooney? Like, that's not Derby County funding that at all, is it? Like, that's, no. like, it's a way around financial fair play, surely. Well, how does I mean, that work? I, I mean, if we know about it, everyone knows about it. So how how they've got it, it to work is probably why they're in some difficulty now. Um, it's weird, though, isn't it, that everybody's like in on it. Like, do you know what I mean? Like everyone seems to know, but it was just allowed to happen. I, I find it done, puzzling. Some absolutely incredibly clever maths and uh, oh. financial sort of methods to make that one work. But Derby oh. themselves. Couldn't have afforded someone like him, I don't think. Um, had, Would had you keep him as manager so. now? He had a good start, didn't he? But I, I don't know now. I, he either needs a better backroom team uh, to back him up because clearly he lost his way um, after about the first seven or eight games, didn't he? They looked like they kind of had a bit of impetus. They had that bounce when he came in. Um, but then it faded away and then they, they were lucky, wasn't they? Right. How, the important, how important then, Gaz, is that for him to get that experience? Because he's obviously... He's obviously like you say, he started off like a house on fire. He, he took it like he took to water, and then all of a sudden, he just dropped like a stone. And he it looked like he was he wasn't going to get out of it. And he he looked under pressure. He looked a different Wayne Rooney for me. Wayne Rooney's always been a fighter, charismatic, yeah. and he he looked quiet in his interviews. He didn't look like the old Wayne Rooney for me. Yeah, I know. Um, I, I don't know. It's obviously a step for. It's a very good step for him. I think it's a fantastic mm. job for him to have. Um, I don't. You don't know what constrictions he's working under when he's he's there. You know. Um, yeah. what the injury situation was and all the different um, aspects like that. Who was helping him coach? Because he went there in as a lone man, didn't he? You know, and was, yeah. did he, has he got everyone's back? Does everyone like him? Is everyone on board? Um, at first, everyone has to get on board, but then all of a sudden, you know, maybe he's not coming across in the right way. He's not, he's not giving the players direction. All of a sudden, people are not sure about stuff. There's nothing worse than having 11 men on the pitch and, Everyone thinking, what are we doing here then? What, yeah, what, yeah. Do, what, what did he say? You know, and, and the message isn't coming across. So, do you think he needs his own players as well? Absolutely, yeah. Now he's kept them up, uh, you know, in a, in a quite by the skin of his teeth. I think he, he deserves one look at it. You know, he's England's most capped player. He's got England, the most goals for England. Man United's top scorer. That, you know, as a player, is phenomenal. As much as there's mm. lots of aspects not to like Wayne Rooney, there's... All them things, they're not easy achievements. You know, it's a fantastic career he's had. He's got to have something to offer the game. So he deserves a, a, a transfer window and, mm. a, and a look at next season, at least until Christmas, I think, yeah, minimum. Yeah. Really. He deserves uh, Terry, how are you? Um, Terry Phillips, obviously. 
good friend of the show. He's uh, he's commented a few times. I know he's commented a few times this week on uh, on uh, on the on the conversations over the week over the week. But uh, nice to see you commenting, Terry. Um, you just said something there, though, Gaz, about um, uh, it was a worst worst kept secret. By the way, Wayne Rooney getting that manager's job when when Cocker was in charge. Me and Sai called it on the Friday night show that he was going to get the job straight away, and I felt. I felt so sorry for the for the manager because it was like he was a dead man walking. They were waiting for him to lose a few games to get the sack. And do you know what I mean? You on about philosophies earlier and ways of playing. They've got a Dutch legend football who likes to play out from the back. You've got Keogh trying to play out from the back who just couldn't do it. You know what I mean? You're asking a, a proper defender who heads it, kicks it to try and play out from the back. He made so many errors, mistakes. And then obviously the things what happened out of his control with um, with the car crash and stuff, which are... Is obviously is is one of those things, and and, and it happened unfortunately. Um, and then for Wayne to get the job, um, but going back to the point of um, financial fair play, obviously being a Middlesbrough fan, and I see uh, Steve Gibson's comments all the time. Steve, the chairman of Middlesbrough, is 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 been on the Derby's hit list for a long time to say um, that he knew this was happening. He knew that there were so many uh, irregularities must have been going on at that club for him to get him, get him in because he's been strict. He's stuck to the guidelines, stuck to the policy, stuck to spending. And all of a sudden, he's seen Derby coming in with um, with, a, with a signing like that, which is great for the for the league, by the way. It makes it shows how strong this Premier League 2, so to speak. You know what I mean? Because that's how the league is. It's not a championship. Mm-hmm. It's Premier League 2. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, massive. Yeah. And um, and that, that kind of signing and the kind of manager that he is and, and all the other big clubs that are coming down, it shows how, how good it is. But for me... I hope he stays. I hope he gets another opportunity um, to sign his own players, to have a full season. Don't give him a sack. Don't wait. Don't press that panic button and give him an opportunity to full, fulfil his, yeah, his I, potential. I would have thought it would have happened by now anyway. If it was going to yeah. happen. If they were going to get yeah, rid yeah. of it, it would have happened now. They would have cleared the way, paid him up what they need to pay him up and uh, he, he would have been away by now. I bet 32 would have paid him up or however, yeah. however it's working. I'm not sure. But yeah. um, I think he will be given that opportunity. Yeah, the people who are in charge, they've got to acknowledge his uh, footballing knowledge. But I do think he's a player that's been thrust into management and, and I don't know whether he saw it coming. I don't know whether he saw it as a, that he was going to do it. I don't know if he's got his background set up. Um, when I was down at Ipswich, Tony Mowbray, before he took into management, was taking notes about training sessions yeah. for about two years before he eventually stepped up to be George Burley's number two. You know, and he had books and pages about methods and he was deep into mental thinking and watched player psychology. He knew where he was going. I don't know whether nowadays you can just drop into it like Wayne Rooney has and think, you know, I know a bit about football. I'll go into coaching. Here I am. I'm Wayne Rooney. I wonder whether he had a true plan, um, a true plan for his backroom staff. You know, if he, once he dropped into that role, if he knew he had a plan, he would have known, knew he was going to bring him with him. He would have gone, right. Okay, if I'm taking over now, I want this guy in to be my assistant. Mm. I want that guy. He, he should have thought it through, and I, he's just dropped dropped into management on his own. And I, I think he's a little bit isolated, a little bit lost. Mm. Uh, I, I totally agree because there's, there's so many people who did that though, who 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 studied managers. You know what I mean? That that you just said that Tony did it under George Burley, and look where look where Tony's gone. Jonathan Woodgate did it under Tony Pulis, um, and he's progressed on now from Middlesbrough to Bournemouth, and hopefully will keep progressing. And, and move forward because he did a great job last year. I know he didn't get that final hurdle and get in the Premier League, but he did a great job. And yes, he might lose his job, but I'm sure another opening will come from doing a very good job this season. Um, for me, studying is the best thing because if you were doing your GCSEs, you study to get a better grade. If you're doing your A levels, your, your degree, you study to get a better grade. It's the same as football. You know what I mean? You you can't stick at a qualification and just expect to be the same as anybody else. You're on the same same level. You need to get to that next level by studying better yeah, but people. It's not just- 
Yeah, it's, it's not just about um, knowing what you want. It's about being able to deliver it. It's about being able to make people understand what you want when you're delivering on a coaching field. And not everyone can do that. You know players have been brilliant. You know that they play a great way, but they can't get it across the players. They, the, the message is blurred and it's confused and it's not consistent. And sometimes that just blows it all out of the water yeah. and it doesn't always happen. So it's not just about understanding the game and knowing a coaching session. It's delivering it and making people understand what you're getting at. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and do you know what? I didn't know you were a Derby County fan. If I did, I'd give you the loads of stick before. He, he yeah. can't do that. Obviously, <laughs> obviously they won. The, they won well, forget, aren't they? Back in the day, they won. Uh, obviously, won the, won the league and all sorts. So they were a big, massive club. Yeah, yeah. Well, massive club. I was my dad's here in the seventies, and then so he, he took me in the eighties. But they sunk right back down into the third tier. But when I watched them, they had Bobby Davidson, Phil G, and they signed Dean oh. Saunders, Peter Shilton, Mark Wright. You know, the, Ted, oh, Ted oh, McMinn. He used to love Ted McMinn, mate. Ted, Ted McMinn. Tin man. He was unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, look, he was arms and legs were all over the place. Probably Leo Fortune West, he was like, yeah, all <laughs> arms and legs, he couldn't pick a ball. Honestly, Leo could not ping a ball, could he, to take, save his life? No. I'll tell you what, he was a no. right handful. Yeah. Same with Ted McMinn, he was good on that right wing, and half the time he looked like he was going to fall over. But he'd end up coming out of three players with the ball and whipping in a great ball. <laughs> yeah, it's quality, isn't it? Yeah, it's quality. Um, you spoke. You spoke earlier on, obviously, in the in the magnificent seven about. Um, so I asked the question about hostile players. So I've just I've just made a note here. You said obviously Millwall in, in the in the old den. Can you elaborate on your on your on your answer? Because I, I don't think a lot of people probably understand um, about that kind of players. You know, I've only played at the new den, um, and that intimidated me. That scared me to death. And that's people spotted around the place. When you've got the old stadiums where people can congregate together, you know what I mean, behind the goal at the side because it's all standing, it's very different place to play. How intimidating was it for a younger player? How intimidating was it to be probably a fullback in an area where you're taking throw-ins? You know what I mean? Because as a centre-forward, you can base yourself in the middle of a, a pitch and stay out, out of the, probably the, the areas which are causing you problems. But as a fullback, taking a throw-in, how, how difficult is it to be in that situation? Um, well, I mean, thinking back to um, Millwall and the Den, you know, it was it started from the moment you left your hotel uh, to go to the game. You know, there was often things thrown at buses. Uh, I've had a I've had a brick hit the window here, not smash the window, but bounce away. Um, the security isn't like it, it is now. You, you step off the bus, and there wouldn't be a, a line of or barriers. You just you'd end up pushing through people. You know, people could get at you quite easily, and you'd. It was it, it's, it's hard to even imagine, but going in somewhere in the, in the championship, it was like going into a non-league ground. The stadiums were so poor and dilapidated. It was open ends. Yeah. Um, and, but as soon as you got to Millwall, unlike anywhere else, everything was caged. You were caged down the tunnel. Um, the, 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 the fans were kept in by huge cages with spikes everywhere you went. And it was literally, it was like walking through... Um, a cage of lions and they were all like literally well here's the other lions aren't they you know, and, and they were like coming at the fence shaking the fences and but it wasn't just to scare you they, you looked through and you see angry youths like and, and it's not just you know just try to intimidate you. they were angry they were just they wanted to kill you, you know? it was yeah. it was so intimidating and every time you went near the touchline you got that again and if you were if you were coloured you'd get the racist chance and it wasn't mm. even it was almost in just coming out of that or coming into the area where it was totally unacceptable. But back then, no one really knew what to do about it. And, and, yeah. and if you were, you kind of had to accept it and, and swallow it up. And crazy when you think about it now, how, how much it's changed, and rightly so. 
But that's a reputation, isn't it? Rep- rep- mud sticks, doesn't it? You know what I mean, unfortunately. And you, and you see the reputation that Millwall have got and... Um, and, and and now you're saying about the new den, and they've still got that kind of reputation. And those those young young kids who you're talking about now, young youths, are now grown into grown men with probably good jobs, but they've still got the passion to go to football. Their, their kids kids are going to games, and it's just it's the next generation, and it's just it's such a it, listen. It's when that atmosphere is done right, it's it's great. It's great to play in because it gets you, it gets you nervous before a game, and nerves are good. It gets you ready to go and play a play a game of football, but. I couldn't. I couldn't see myself enjoying playing under that week in week out because if you made a bad pass, you're getting it. If you missed a shot, missed a penalty, you're getting it. You know. I listen to Teddy Sheringham. Teddy Sheringham used to say how intimidated he was as a, as a home player, as a young player coming through. You know. What I mean, he was one of their own, and and it must have been so difficult for young players to play in that kind of environment situation because, you know, I mean, you just want to you want to instill uh, and be a regular first team player. You want to learn the game and how to learn in a hostile atmosphere it must have been so so difficult for young players yeah. because I mean, people say people say Cardiff guys people say Cardiff story. is intimidating I didn't, I didn't find Cardiff in half as intimidating as teams like Millwall no personally no 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 I mean the Cardiff fans you know I did hear some crazy stories about Cardiff fans I can remember we got sat on the table at a charity do and uh, some you know a regular bunch of 45 50 year olds all paid good money to sort of have a town have a Cardiff City player on the table and they were telling me about stories uh, about crowd trouble they've been involved with. I was just literally dropped jaw like, you, you did that, you know. And and it's kind of like, you know, it's from that era, but that gets fed through, doesn't it, down the generation? Yeah. But it's done slightly different now. It's still it's still there, the the mob, uh, but it's a lot more organised now. There's WhatsApp groups and proper organised events and things like that now. Um, they probably even advertise them for some fancy yeah. advertising on. Yeah. On, on uh, Facebook, you know, to, to organise the fights and things that they have now. But um, certainly I'm glad it's away from the stadium a bit more now, the security and the organisation that, that is kept away from the stadium. You still hear the anger in people's voices, but, you know, if you're a player now, it's a lot safer. Um, and obviously what happened through the 90s and the disasters and everything that happened has, has made the game safer and better for everybody, I think. We spoke there about about crowds. Um, obviously, we've gone through. It seems to be in a lifetime, by the way, with no fans in the stadium. How would um, how would Gary Croft have reacted to playing in front of no no fans? You know, I mean, how how important were fans when you played? You know, I mean, I, I I probably compared it to coming through my younger days at Middlesbrough playing Ponton League games and and with no no fans in reserve games that it didn't really matter. You know that. There's a competitive result at the end of this, you know what I mean? So players had to perform, players still had to do what they needed to do. But how important were fans to you? And would you have enjoyed playing during lockdown with no fans? I don't think I would have enjoyed it particularly, but I'd, I'd loved competing. And that was what it was about for me, competing. It wasn't necessarily adulation. Obviously, you banging in loads of goals, you run to the fans. It's a different experience. Me at the back, just keeping people out. I did it out of pride. And well, you, yeah. you played out of pride. We all played out of pride, but... I was never going to get the glory anyway. You know, I was defending, I was keeping people out. I like doing it, but it requires unbelievable self-motivation. And, yeah. uh, you know, I've watched Grimsby play today and uh, this season, and I've seen some players react really positively to it um, and play the normal game. And I've seen others just not interested and hiding and getting away with stuff. You know, if you walk about sometimes or don't chase back when you've got fans there, you get found out. They're on mm-hmm. your back and you're chasing back. Um, at Grimsby, they've had too many players this year that have just kind of hid behind that and not quite done enough. And all them little percentages and all them little you know, untracked runs and lazy moments have reduced, re- reduced in 
a consistent stream of goals against, um, which have uh, turned results against them. And um, I think it's hugely affected Grimsby with the type of player they had. Uh, but some players are just self-motivated. When I think back to when I got a move from Blackburn to Ipswich, I play, remember playing Leeds away in the reserves. And uh, I was at the point where I played a few reserve games and I was losing the will a little bit. I knew I wasn't getting in a Blackburn. My time was up. And I can remember thinking before this Leeds game, I, you know, I'm not really up for this. I, yeah, I didn't feel up for it, but I thought, I'm, I've got to do it. Hmm. And George Burley told me when he signed for, for Ipswich that that was the game he made, he put, made up his mind about me. You know, in front of no fans, no atmosphere, no reason really to do well, every reason to be mardy. Uh, but I did it because I was self-motivated. That got me in my move. So, uh, and that's just that, and that's just a professional. That's the professionalism that that, that, that I yeah. remember who came out of you, and that's the, that's the attitude. And and I refer back to me me point earlier on. There's there's not that there's not that winning mentality. There's not that attitude, that pride. I don't see all the time. You know what I mean? Especially in 2021 in football, um, I see some players who I'm, I'm so intrigued to get fans back. Um, and we've used Mason Greenwood as an, as an example. He's been fantastic this year. You stick eighty thousand fans behind him. He makes a mistake. What will happen? Will he crumble? Will he? Will he? Will he strive and and and, and want to want to prove people wrong? It's going to be so different. And we have the Friday that Friday show in the championship, and we've um, we've had a few people saying, "Oh, we feel sorry for um, Norwich City fans, for for example, that the that the they haven't seen the teams get promoted." I feel sorry for people like Grimsby Town fans because the season that they haven't been able to affect their team. They're going to go. On. The next time they're going to watch their side is going to be in the national league against, no disrespect, some lesser clubs, some non-league clubs, some clubs which, you know, I mean, there's going to be bigger budgets. There's going to be it's going to be a struggle for that football club to get back to where they need to be in the in the short term. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, there's some clubs I mean, in that league. About the second, you know, second tier being a second premier, you know, that's yeah. like a fifth league now. You know, yeah. there's oh. virtually every single team in there is a professional team, mm. and there's yeah. up and coming inspired chairman who have bought smaller clubs who are throwing budgets at it you know people who've done well in business want their own football club want you've got multi-millionaire you've got multi-millionaire actors in, in owning certain football clubs yeah. so you've got when you've got when you've got yeah. people like that you've got an opportunity to progress and if you've got that backing how are the south ends how are the um uh, the grimsby's how are the chesterfields the hartlepools dagenham and redbridge yorville town these clubs were all in the league not so long ago you know what i mean so and 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 the gap is small. The chances to get up is, is is one, and then one in the playoffs. It's minimal to get up. You know, what I mean, then you've got two teams coming down yeah. next year, so it gets stronger. Yeah. It's just it gets getting harder and harder each year, all the time. And then you get a, yeah, a year like yeah. this year, where Sutton United go up. No one expected Sutton United to go up. So then you've getting you get the league's getting even harder because you've got bigger teams in it. It's going to be so difficult. And I feel sorry yeah. for for football fans. You know, what I mean, who don't who aren't getting that opportunity. And then the players. You know, what I mean, I, obviously you watched Grimsby this year. The, one of my one of my questions was. Um, was about a Mr. Pollock. Um, obviously, I know obviously Jamie Pollock. I know Jamie really yeah. well, and obviously one of his one of his lads has got a, a dream move to the Premier League um, from Grimsby. Unbelievable move! Yeah, got a, got a really move. good opportunity. Um, oh, amazing! And the thing is about did, him, right? How did that come across? How, how did how did he how did he play this year? Then did he did he, like, he play like really him. well? I think he reads the game really really well, really well. And obviously, the big question marks was about his mobility because mm. he looks on the face of it. Although I never seen him with his top up, but he looks chunky. It looks like he carries a bit, but he looks reasonably mobile. But ironically, on, on a day when a load of teams came to watch him, he had a nightmare. But he knew, I think he knew. I think it was one of them where he knew they'd come to watch him. He, he kicked yeah. about four balls straight out of play. He got done over the top. And, you know, nothing sort of came of it. But he reads the game so well. He's on the end of everything. He can finish as well. He's a goal threat from corners and free kicks. Um, 
but I, I would question his mobility. But because he's so young, there is a, still a chance you can work on that. And all I can think yeah. is that they've seen the rest of it and think they can do something about the bits that aren't quite there. Uh, because the brain's there. Uh, the yeah. way he plays, he's quite comfortable on the ball. He wants to play out. He might be better as a part of a three to start with. Um, but if he, if he get his pace right, get his sharpness and work on all them sorts of things, his fitness, uh, give him the proper sort of Premier League diet and all them sorts of things that can make him look even leaner and make him sharper, he could be a very good player. And obviously for 250 grand when you're in the Premier League, it's a snip, isn't it? Yeah, you totally know, He's agree. got quite a lot of games 100%. under his belt in one of his first seasons. So why not take a punt on him? Um, mm. He was one of Grimsby's better. But even though they conceded a lot of goals, it wasn't mainly down to him. You know, he was mm. playing out from the back. He looked quite comfortable, but no one wanted the ball off him. Yeah. Uh, when they were trying to force it, you know, and he, he shouldn't have really been made to play out a lot of the times when he was. But um, he was always one of the better ones. He didn't get. He, he couldn't break his way back into the team at the end. He was in and out with injuries. Yeah, yeah, I know. No, he wasn't playing towards the end. I know he was. Yeah. What um, what advice would you give to a player like that, Gaz? Well, obviously, obviously, I know you played for Grimsby and you you moved from Grimsby to Blackburn, but you obviously were, were playing in a higher league when you left Grimsby. So, what advice would you give to him for moving to a, a bigger football club? Just become a pro, become an ultimate pro. Yeah, you know, whatever you think you are when you're at a club like Grimsby, you're not. When you get to the Premier League, you get shot. At the step up in every manner, every, your approach to everything, you know, your timing, being there on time. Uh, doing things right, doing the warm-up right, everything is serious from start to finish. You're mixing with pro professional athletes. You're not coming from someone from the lower league now. You're going there and everyone about you, everyone near you is professional. They do everything right. The physios, the kit man, everything's immaculate. You've got to be, everyone's at the top of the game, not just the players, it's the coaches, the, the, fit, the, the fitness staff, the cooks, the people who clean the dressing rooms, everyone's like, you've got to be up yeah. there. And he's got to take it all on board and change his approach. Because from when I, I, I think I became a pro footballer when I went to Blackburn and I was 22. That's when I think I became a truly professional footballer. When I, I considered everything, I had to look back at myself, I think, flipping hell, you need to improve. You know, I joined the Premier League champions at the time. The, the standard was like, I just thought, I'm going to less, let, let, last less than a year here unless I pull my finger out. And get my head on and get focused. I change well, the whole it's, mentality. It's, it's yeah, the intensity, isn't it? It's the intensity side for me. It's the intensity across the board, training, games, attitude. It's it's a you different can't switch world. Off. You can't have a lazy no. day. You can't have a slack session. You know, you've got to be about your business every single day. And what what drove it home for me was one time where we had a session towards the end of the uh, season after the they won the Premier League, and. The, the you get two captains, you pick sides. I was like second to last pick, along with a keeper, and I thought, right, <laughs> that's just told me something. Because you know, because you're not retaining possession. You know, in, in you know, no, if no one wants you in your possession side, and I thought, I don't want to be that guy. I've never been that guy ever mm. in my life. Do you know what I mean? All of a sudden, I'm second to last pick. I'm like, right, mm -hmm. and I just went out, and I was every day after training, like every day after training, for doing everything, passing. Uh, just so I didn't need to look down at my feet when I got the ball. My head was always up. I could see the next pass. I was thinking I knew where to shift the ball. Someone was approached about looking down. Um, just because if you think you've made it, you haven't. And that's with anything, I think. Anything in football. Is, yeah. As soon as you think you'll make, you've made it, you never make any progress. You never, well, you you never go to stop the trying game. to evolve then, don't you? When, yeah, you, yeah, when do you think you've made it? Um, you're only as good as your last game, aren't you? Yeah. Absolutely. Just just with that, um, guys, I wanted to sort of ask you 
about the the kind of mental side of it in terms of when you're a, a very young player and you do make that if you make a big move and you go up you know you don't just go up a level you go up a few levels and a few leagues like how difficult is that not just to adapt physically like you said you know you're training with full-time professional athletes etc but also the mental side of that as a a very young footballer you've got to um have your head right on you and be able to cope with that pressure that's oh, just yeah, in the day-to-day -day, let alone when the fans you know come along and games start yeah i mean i think in a way i was lucky i went to blackburn they had graham lasso as left back and i kind of went as an understudy uh, it was a move I couldn't refuse. I didn't really want to go somewhere and be an understudy, but that, I had time to kind of settle in. I think if I'd have been thrown straight into the first team, it could have been dangerous mm. for me. I don't think I was ready. They could have thought, oh, they got here and my confidence could have suffered, but I was able to go in and finish the season just on the bench gathering the experience. I mean, 22, you're not young, but they didn't chuck me straight in. And then I had the next season then to kind of gain more experience, played a few games, brought me in. I was moving up to the levels uh, that was expected of me um, and I could feel myself getting better and more and more confident with it so but so so I think it was done right you know Blackburn at the time believe it or not and people who were younger than us probably won't realise Blackburn were, were top side in the country yeah. um, al alongside Man United and uh, mm. you know everything was done right you know, and, and they had such a huge squad players were brought through in, in the right manner um, even when they were bought in for money you know, you, if you weren't ready, you were brought in and they managed you. Uh, there's the different tiers of uh, staff, a reserve, assistant coach, coach, manager, um, head of football and all them different people. There's lots of help along the way at that club. So, Great, honestly, though, I, I, it's just yeah. it's so intriguing, so interesting. You know what I mean? They say that you, you went to a club and you didn't think you were ready. You became a pro at 22. You know what I mean? Because you're on about... You're about a club that you you started out at Grimsby Town. You played what, over 170 games for a football club. That you know, what I mean, and then all of a sudden you leave there to become a player. You know what I mean? That I think players think they get in the first team, they become a player straight away. And I think that's the that's the dangers that they've got because your neck, your last game could be your last game in football. You yeah. know what I mean? It doesn't matter how old you are, you know, oh, ability, really? an injury, etc. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just yeah, it's, I mean... it's, it's it's dangerous. And I, obviously, you were. You were brought up with a, I'll call him an old guard, you know, I mean, the couple of lads that I know, I'm sure that you played with at, uh, at Grimsby. You've got, uh, what, Steve Livingston, um, yeah. John McDermott, uh, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Those, like those two alone who, who obviously brought up in the North East. I know Steve lives in Middlesbrough still. Um, and hard players, you know what I mean? What, help young players, um, want young yeah, players well, to do well. well I've seen but... where Maka, Maka used to live. Yeah. <laughs> Liverpool was tough, yeah. Liverpool would like Liverpool, another tough player. You know, if you had something to say to him, it, you know, he wouldn't mess about. You know that about yeah. it. Macca's the nice, nicest lad yeah. ever to come out of Middlesbrough. I think he, he wouldn't yeah, have yeah. a fly Macca, but no. great, great player. Um, mm. You know, they, they, they're from the old school, um, mm. like like us. I was speaking to Liverpool actually. There's um, there's a reunion down here of old players, Grimsby players, and Liverpool's in a WhatsApp group. Can't shut him up. His lad, his lad, uh, his lad is centre forward like his dad. Well, not like his dad. Right. Is is Jed's a Jed's a Jed's a proper goal scorer. He's got got pace, and you know, obviously, obviously, you can tell he's he's, he's been brought up watching his dad. He's yeah, he's uh, he's he plays like semi pro football in the in the area. Very good, very good lad, very good player. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, um, he put his anything there, but he was, he was a real tough tough character. Um, 
Yes, I will. I might get to play with him. He's going to pull his shirt on, apparently. I wouldn't like to play against. I wouldn't like to play against him like, again. No. You know what I mean? He, he, even if it's one last game, that would be uh, that would be a, a, a tough yeah, afternoon yeah. for somebody. Good lads, though. Great. And and and, oh, and yeah. football needs those kind of characters. You know what I mean? Those kind of lads made football. They made Grimsby. They made other teams they played for. You know what I mean? And they're, and they're very well known because of what they gave to football. You know what I mean? That that John. Was the captain? I believe he, he took free kicks. He, took, he, he scored goals. He was he was a born winner. You know what I mean? I know he's got a good affiliation with Boston as well. So it's these kind of these kind of players that they're the good guys of football, and they never get the recognition sometimes what they deserve because they played in a, in an era which was quieter than it is now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I every every team that I played at, and I'm quite lucky really because I'd say Grimsby were a successful team. Blackburn were qualified for Europe twice while I was there, and. Then when I went to Ipswich, we got promoted, finished fifth in the league. Cardiff, we got promoted. Uh, back to Grimsby, we had a playoff final. I've been quite lucky. And all the all the things in common that these play teams had was good individuals, good people, like, but winners, you know, like good characters, just inclusive, nice people. And, and, and where it's always fallen down is when the wrong characters have been brought into the dressing room. So a part of a manager's job is not only to pick good players, but pick good characters. Yeah, um, totally agree. To create that totally winning agree. environment, you know, because one, one or two people can come in and spoil it. When we, were, when we were at Ipswich and we finished fifth in the Premier League after getting promoted, George Burley brought in a few foreigners on big money. They didn't mix. They want to be part of it. And it all started to fall apart. And uh, it was one of the big problems uh, then. And that next season, from finishing fifth, they went down. Mm. Um, you know, the turnaround was phenomenal. You know, the people on all of a sudden, you know, all, all the, which was pretty much a British-based squad. And obviously, I don't care where players from, but Herman O'Riderson, who was a foreigner who came into Ipswich, brilliant character. You yeah. know, so it's not just anything against foreigners, but he brought in a load of people and you got you all the English guys on, you know, a decent wage, but then you got these foreigners coming in on 30, 40 K at the time, which isn't probably that much now, but mm. it changed things, changed the whole mm. setup and the whole thing fell apart. Yeah, it, it evolves, doesn't it? And, 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 and you see times like that, you see clubs who, who try to push to another level, it doesn't always work. And it's, it's, it's getting that camaraderie in the dressing room. It's getting, you know, players manage dressing rooms, you know, I don't care. You know what I mean? We, I wouldn't, not we, but we had players in our dressing room and managed it in our time at Cardiff. You'll have been, every club that you played at, you've got players who just manage it for the manager. You don't need a manager coming in with an iron fist. Lenny was never in there shouting and screaming. He had players who, the Willies, the Cavs, the Spencer Priors, you know what I mean? The lads who manage people, the lads who manage a changing room, the lads who, the fans knew that, we knew we knew exactly what we needed to do. You know what I mean? We just get into that level where we could do it. You know what I mean? You spoke about the disappointment we had in the in the playoff semi-final. You know what I mean? And, and I think that, that made us drive on. To do to do more and to and to want to get to the next level because, you know, I mean, I don't know about you and and, and I, I talked openly about it. The hurt that I drove home after that game, drove drove, drove straight back the middles after that game against Stoke City, um, and that was the longest drive I, I've, I've I've had in my life. I, I must have stopped about 10, 15 times, and and I probably didn't stop thinking about the game till about three or four days later, in terms of what I could have done more myself personally and 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 how how much I'd let everybody down, and and then I just thought, what can I do about it? Changing things, you know what I mean. Wanting to score the first goal in 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 in, in the season, the, the season after. Wanting to get promoted. Wanting to win, pick a trophy up, and it's just it, things that I drive you on. But seeing other people, you know, we seen the playoffs this week, last weekend. It, it it just fills you full of pride that 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 we well we I got the opportunity to to live the dream and, and do that for for our football club. How, how do you, obviously this isn't the right way around, maybe. But how do you remember that 
Andy, the, the, the goal. You probably been asked a million times, but, you know, what a moment oh, you know, to finish. Oh, the yeah. No offense, oh, Andy. I'll tell you how I remember it, because I think at the time, so much was expected from you when you were at Cardiff mm. that some people f felt you, like you hadn't fulfilled your, your p potential, perhaps, because you came... Yeah. Did you come for quite a lot of money, didn't you? I came for a million quid, yeah. A million quid, didn't you? You know, mm. and, like, I think everyone wanted a little bit more from you. Mm. And that was that was your moment, wasn't it? You know, that yeah. was the moment you kind yeah. of repaid every penny and more. Yeah, I think. Uh, I, listen, I think I think that I loved my time there. I started off really well, and I was loving my football. And then all of a sudden, um, Ernie came in and took took my mantle and took it. Uh, he, he scored goals, couldn't bring him out. And, and when you've got a player who's scoring 30, 35, 40 goals in a season, how do you how do you compete with it? You know, what I mean, we, me and him were too similar. We couldn't play together. Which yeah. Thorny was a, a Thorny was a player who, 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 who we the Holy Grail. We wanted to play with Thorny, even <laughs> Leo. You know what I mean? And because everybody yeah. knew you play up front with Peter Thorny, you're going to get goals because yeah, yeah. Thorny's link up player, Thorny dominating defenders, centre halves. It was absolutely fantastic, and it's um, it was great to uh, great to play alongside someone like that. It made made my job a lot easier, which yeah, is yeah. which is which is which is great. Go on, I feel, guilty. I feel guilty. I feel guilty now. You just put that on. Uh, it's funny. I was well, I've been listening to you two whilst we did all the chat, and it's really quite funny. But uh, no, I'm you know, mate, Look, I'm just here to guide the stuff and give my views now and again. I I could sit here all day and just I got front row seat listening to yeah, you two uh, knowledgeable <laughs> chaps uh, talking football. One thing I did want to talk to you, Gary, or ask you about is um you there was uh, there was talk of you doing a little soiree into acting uh, with the British <laughs> horror film Dead Lies. But um, yeah, yeah. It, I can't find anything further about it other than just before it was due no. to come out. So, sort of tell us a bit about that. Well, it was um, it was a Grimsby uh, fan, Gary Spate, who uh, did a fan-funded. Uh, I think he was doing like uh, twenty-four hours without eating and all these things to fund this film. And uh, mm. he asked me for some funding, and I think I kind of cracked a joke to say, you know, you're going to put me in it. Um, and within. A couple of weeks he'd given me a part in it and there was uh, various famous people were going to contribute musically and actor-wise that he'd recruited um and then uh, then it all just fell away i don't really know what happened with him to be honest mm. i didn't get my money back but um <laughs> did, did did you ever like record any of it or do anything no, I with the script it through. i read the scripts and kind of like got the first scene and uh got a general gist for the whole film he'd written it himself I don't think he's gone on and done it since. I don't know what. Was it doing. a good? Was it a good script? Good story. Yeah, it was actually. Yeah, it, it right. sounded quite. Pass it over, quite... and we'll release it under we'll Ace Podcast Nation. Love. Yeah, we'll. I'd we'll, love Ace Podcast Nation that. Media. I was the bad guy. I'll tell you what I have done. I acting wise, if you if you go on the internet, um, there's a big problem around Grimsby on a serious note. That's about child corruption and child, um, not necessarily abuse, but like getting kids into criminal organisations. Okay. Um, and uh, I went with my son, who's gone away to acting college uh, for an audition for this thing, this film that was got. I didn't know what it was, so I turned up with him, and uh, he got, he got, he was waiting. There was hundreds of people about, and I saw this person, and I said, What's, "What is this tonight?" I said, "My ex-wife's told me to bring Oliver. What's going on?" She went, "Oh, it's uh, for this." Uh, thing for criminal kids and all that and uh, she said you should go in and have a go i went i don't know what, what's going on here. she went she said, just go in and have an interview i went so is it like a casting she said yeah just go in and i went nah 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 anyway i sat down waited half an hour she said, go on go i went flipping sod it in i went sat there in front of this guy he's going asking me loads of questions like well what's your favorite film what's the last film you watched that 
I think I'd watched something like Tangled, and I went, oh, Tangled. And he's like, looking, <laughs> gone out as if to say, uh, but anyway, it turns out, he called me back in for a, a, a casting. So, um, so I, get, I get a call on, through the office on Thursday, and he's like, uh, oh yeah, it's, 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 it's uh, whatever his name was. He said, um, I just want to let you know about Oliver. I went, okay. He says, uh, unfortunately, he didn't make it. I went, ah, no, that's not me. He said, but we want you to come back. I was like, <laughs> I felt so guilty. <laughs> <laughs> They called me back and I filmed the film and it's um, it's used all around in schools now. I was the, this lead character and I was the um, head drug guy. It was all, it's about oh, drugs okay. and, and um, it's called Alfie's story. And um, oh, you have the, to find that. that. I'm watching. Yeah, I'm watching that. <laughs> you got Should we do a watch along now? It was um, not just. Uh, it was filmed. We didn't have a script, but it was narrated over by the young lad because it was his story. What was it so called? Alfie's, Alfie's story. Alfie's story. There's a one, two, and a three, I think. Um, we had to no. the second one where I get arrested. I was quite good at that bit. Interesting. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. Yeah, I've got it. Now look, uh, Alfie's so, uh, story. <laughs> that's the one, yeah. So, uh, so I do that, and, and that was uh, really quite a nice thing to be part of, actually, because um, it's actually won an award. It's actually one of the oh, wow. for, uh, for the help it's given to young kids and helping young ch kids to recognize um, when things when they're being groomed for this type of um, organization and they can seek help and, and, and they're shown this at school so they can understand what's going on. It's a huge problem um, mm. in the area. So uh, I was quite nice to be part. So that is oh, well done. That's, that's, that's... I wasn't expecting that answer when uh, when that question came out. So quality, that's uh, incredible. Another, yeah. that's two. That's two yeah. things I've learned tonight. That's amazing. I'm uh, I'm just trying to skip. I'm trying to skip through to find Gary's part, uh, Gary's bit, so I can put it up on the screen. But uh, just bear with me a second. Um, so we have got. Um, I saved up a few euros questions from earlier in the show, but before that, I, Gavin asked a few questions. Um, he said, uh, "Gary, uh, what's what was the most memorable?" Uh, like game or part of your career um i think it was probably as i mean obviously i love the cardiff promotion in cardiff that was the dream scenario for everybody when when we won that game but when i went to ipswich and i'd had a bad year um through other off-field things we went to wembley and we beat barnsley in the player final and it was just okay. such an epic epic tale because Ipswich had been in the playoffs three years on the trot and lost in the semi-finals. And this was, their, I think it was the fourth year, or it was definitely the third year for sure, that we'd gone into the playoffs. Uh, we drew two all the way at Bolton, having been 2-0 down. Uh, we then brought them back to our place and we were 1-0 down, 2-1 down. Yeah, that's it. That's after I've been arrested. <laughs> yeah, I apologise to the audio viewers. Um, I can't play this for too long because it's obviously someone else's thing, and it's not a done thing to play someone else's content on your YouTube channel to uh, to get clout. But um, this is Gary Croft acting in uh, in prison by the looks of it. Wow, look at that! I like it. I'm just in a holding cell, actually. There. Yeah, there <laughs> Shocking! And uh, just for anyone who's just joining. Yeah, so so there's like about thirty or forty yeah, people just joined on YouTube. Part so part one was the one where I was doing most of my dealings. Um, in that, you see me giving kids money, drugs, and stuff to carry, and it tells them 
tells a very very powerful story actually it's good it was good fun um the way i turned yeah. up to this thing when they called me up to this thing when they said i'd got the part i turned up and it was a, a circle of chairs and i was like what the heck's going on here so i sat down and he went ah oh, we want we're, we're just doing a few scenes and i'm thinking i ain't even seen a script yet well what do you mean doing a few scenes so it's about 30 people that are like, right, right, Gabby, we want you to go up and with alfie and pretend to give him some new trainers for doing you a favor i was like i went i went who am i went, what part am i he went oh no, dave you're the gun lead i went oh um where's my script then he went oh no there's no script you've just got to ad hoc it well, listen, coming from work with my shirt and tie i had to go to the front of the stage and do this with alfie like make it up and i was like what the? anyway i thought flipping i've got through that my heart was racing it was like playing a game my heart was right i was panicking the next thing they went, right, hold on, stay there, Gary. We've got another four Alphys. I went, what? So I had to do the same part four times because they were choosing which Alphys to choose. And, uh, <laughs> it was the strangest experience. I like putting myself out there, out of my comfort zone, though. You know, so it was good fun. Can't fault you, absolutely. Right, let's, um, let's finish off with these questions, which I saved from earlier. Um, so... And this, these are kind of for both of you, but we'll go with uh, we'll go to Gary first. Uh, first and foremost, uh, I apologise to the people because I didn't make a note of the name who asked who asked the questions. Uh, someone asked, "Who do you think is going to be the Golden Boot winner in the Euros?" I will go Mbappé. Oh. What about you, Ant? Be my choice. Um, think, um, well, I'll go somewhere. Know, I'll go somewhere different then. I'll go somewhere different. I'll go. Uh, I'll go Immobile from Italy. And I will go with uh, Kiefer Moore on the condition that Wales get out the group stage. <laughs> if Wales get out the group stage, Kiefer Moore will be the golden boot winner. If, if Kiefer Moore wins the golden boot, he will leave Cardiff City in the summer. Well, that's guaranteed. He's going to leave Cardiff anyway, mate, let's no, be honest. He wants, he wants. Um, on Kiefer Moore, Jack, uh, Jack asked, um, Kiefer Moore seemingly has been disregarded completely by uh, Robert Page. Or Ryan He's Giggs, still going to finish whoever, top goals gone, then, is he? Whoever's picked the side, well, hopefully they're going to sort out the bloody uh, formation. I'm not going on that boat again. But um, it's it's weird because he's done so well for Wales he's, previously. He's done so well for Cardiff. And, uh, I saw someone say uh, Mick McCarthy refused to rest him and now Robert Page will only rest him. It's... Uh, it must be difficult for him to understand, but uh, I guess they, uh, Jack just wanted your thoughts on that because obviously he's coming off the back of a great season. Um, well, obviously I, I, I've seen seen firsthand of him. I know I know his talents. I know how good he is. Does he suit the way that Wales are playing? Um, probably right. not. You know the way that Cardiff play. Cardiff play it with strengths. Can I ask I you a quick question on that? And yeah, sorry, right, to, I'm really sorry to interrupt you. So, on that. I believe that when they play the false nine, they will play either Harry, probably Harry Wilson as the false nine or Ramsey. I actually believe that if they play Kiefer Moore up front with Ramsey, Bale and Daniel James behind, that suits all of those players better than if you take Kiefer Moore out of there and you play a false nine. I totally agree. I, I, listen, I, I yeah. totally agree because you're gonna you're gonna get your best out of Daniel James. You're gonna get your best out of Harry Wilson. You're gonna get your best out of Ramsey, Gareth Bale by playing a focal point up front because it takes the pressure off those guys. But the problem yeah. you've got is yeah. he's playing the false nine. So if you've got a false nine, Kiefer Moore doesn't fit in the false nine because Kiefer Moore is a number nine. He's an old school number nine centre forward, target man with a good touch, with a bit of pace behind him and scores goals. But is he is he 
is he going down the route of playing a false nine for the last 20, 30 minutes? If you need a player to go up, he'll, he'll put him up. I don't know. It, it, listen, Page is a good enough coach and understands the squad and the players well enough now to pick his best time, best side and, and, the, and the team that he thinks he's going to win. You know what I mean? For me, same thing with England. I've got faith in the manager. You know, I'm not Welsh. I want Wales to do well. Will he pick his best side to win these games in, in Baku and wherever else they're playing? Of course he will. You know what I mean? They're, they're, they're going to have some tough games to play in Italy. He's going to have, he's going to have different tactics for all, all three. I th- but I'm sure he'll get the results he needs. Guys, is it possible Robert Page is playing with that false nine formation again with the plan not necessarily being that that's going to be the first choice tactics, but if Wales do need to change it up against certain teams or at you know at certain points in the game, they can revert to that and it's not a complete shock to the system for what is predominantly quite a young squad. Yeah, I think he'll have two different ways of playing, but he might just be throwing everyone a bit curveball about how he's going to play. He might just switch it all back round. For me, at centre-forward, you need in every team. I don't like this false nine. I think it's no, I mean, yeah. a bit too deliberate. You know, I think, um, and it's too structured. You need teams, uh, you need someone stretching teams out, making space for them, clever players, which they've got an abundance, really, Wales, to sort of play in them holes, players who can get turned on the ball. You need someone taking players away to create that space. Um, so, uh, for me, I'd play him and uh, play the, the formation you said, actually. I think that the three in there behind them is, is the way forward. They've got some fantastic attacking players yeah. and he makes room for them all. He creates space for them all as a sort of a man, up, man up there leading the line. And I think they've got some decent um, sort of holding midfielders to play just behind as well. Certainly good enough to, to protect the defence while those other players... Um, you know, the first game, the first game's key, Si, for me, because the Italy game is going to be the toughest one. So the first game's key. The first game is for me... If you win the first game, you qualify. You know what I mean? Because you're putting that much pressure on everybody else. But the first game, it's about getting your tactics right and spot on for the first game. Because if you lose the first game and you decide to put in a different formation, players, tactics for the second game... Then it just looks so confusing for them for the fans. And then the third game, you you're doing the same thing again. You could go through playing three different tactics, three different formations, three different sets of players, and losing three games very easily in the Euros. Hopefully it doesn't go that way, by the way. I mean, for, for me, I'm surprised that Pagey, you know, he's fairly old school, isn't he? Which means, you know, you can't you can't you can teach an old dog new tricks, but I would have thought he's a he's a guy who likes a number nine. You know, he would have played well, in the team every week. I totally agree. So I totally, for him I, I, to try and tinker with that and, and yeah. you know, it, it, it not working, he, he's got to see that that's not working for Wales. He's got to like, have another plan and maybe he's just making sure he's got that centre-forward rested and he's going to be fit for that first game uh, with these with these other games, with the other formations he's playing at the moment. As a defender, like as a defender like he is, like Pagey was, the way that he played, Pagey would have hated to play against someone like Aoife. You know what I mean? Because he was big, strong, has a good touch, can run in behind, can hold the ball up, and then you've got runners behind. So for me, I think I, I think personally he's missing a trick. But listen, I'm, I'm not I'm not the real manager. The other way around, Pagey isn't the guy who gets the ball at the back and threads balls through into people's feet either, really, is he? Who wasn't. He won a bad football league, but he wasn't the sort of person who pings things in and like, you know, play, played like that either. So... Hmm. You know, picking people out in holes isn't isn't his sort of sort of thing. Yeah. Sometimes when you look up as a centre half under pressure, you need to see someone going. Yeah, totally agree. Spot on. Um, okay, so then we've also got uh, someone asked us all to pick the outside an outsider to reach the final, not necessarily win the tournament, 
outside of the big I, boys. I didn't hear that. It, it broke up then. You have to watch. Uh, sorry. So basically, uh, they want us to pick an outsider for the to reach the final, not necessarily win it, uh, outside of the big boys. So, um, um, oh, I'll go. I'll go first, and I'm happy to go first, and I will go. Uh, I'll go. I'll go Poland. That's a good shout. I think I'll. Uh, I'm going to uh, go. How far, how far down the list are we allowed? Do we have to go uh, before we? Pick well, something? outside of outside of your Holland, yeah. your Italy's, your France's, well, you know your England's, Portugal. Sort of person. I'm going to go with Wales. Because Good. I just I like think them. it could be a good I tournament like team. What I would say yeah. about that, Gary, is is if like I don't think it's being unrealistic to say if Aaron Ramsey wasn't suspended, there's a good chance that Wales would have reached the final in the last Euros. You know, so, I'm absolutely bang on there with you. It was you almost felt when he got suspended in that semi. That you could feel the air sucked out was, of it, couldn't you? Yeah, for, for the semi rather when he got suspended yeah. for the semi. You just felt like there was nothing after. He was the kingpin. He was playing so well, and everything, the the, the problems he was causing, um, mm. was brilliant for Wales at the time. It could have gone through. I, I truly believe that, and it's, and it, and it, you probably don't want to think of it like that because it it will stick in the throat forever. But I really do think if he'd have been fit, they would have they could have easy got to that final. Easy. He's getting a bit emotional. Sad's getting a bit emotional now. And, uh, <laughs> the, 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 the Euro, the Euro show is going to be, uh, it's going to be exhilarating. It's going to be exciting with the amount of Welsh pundits on. We're, uh, we should be getting a, a, a good, uh, a good oh, broad, yes. um, Got another one. Spoke, I spoke to another one yesterday who's all in. So uh, we got a, We're building a nice little team, nice little team of Euro people. Um, so the final question: um, Who do you think will be the player of the tournament? Well, I'm I'm gonna go Mbappe again. I just think it's his time. Um, I think he's fit and he's ready. He's hungry. It's the stage. Um, if if I was him, you know, he's been on the periphery of great things for so long, and you know, he hasn't stepped up and uh, grabbed a tournament, owned anything yet. I think you know, as a as a young man now, this could be his tournament. I think he could really show us what he's got. If if I, if I was him and I was age, I feel like he's coming of age. Um, the France, France team's going to provide him with all the ball and all the chances that he needs. I think it, it could be it could be a chance for him to really sort of stand out. Shout and I'm going. I'm, I'm. I'm. Listen. I'm going England. I'm going England. I want to be excited. I'm going Phil Foden. Um, Phil's going to be the new Gaza, and he's going to uh, he's going to really excite me in uh, in all three games. He's going to score a worldie against uh, Scotland. He's going to flick the ball over Colin Hendry's head, and he's going to score a worldie. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. How about that? They were the memories, weren't they? I mean, that tournament. You know, we we can look back to so many England nearly things. Can't we? Yeah. Wales have had that one, uh, mm. but we go back to that Euro. I mean, how many penalty shoots have, have, have yeah, we no. suffered under? Um, it went when they went out in this uh, in the semi of the last um, World Cup. It didn't hurt me as much as previous games because no. I didn't think England probably played that well. I didn't. Yeah, think you agree. Deserve to be yeah. where they were. I think that's fair enough. It, yeah, it, it, it hurt me more in the other ones where they'd done well, where they really had a good team that had done well and performed throughout the tournament. You know, it would have been worthy. I felt we scraped away through that tournament uh, to where we were. We had the luckiest draw ever with the teams we kept getting landed with, and we still didn't make it to the final. 
Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think I think there's certain there's certain moments, isn't there? There's certain moments in games. You look at look at Euro '96 when uh, Gaza nearly scored against Germany when he was a probably a stud away from scoring and the penalty shootout and uh, the, the, there's there's the moments before that are probably pivotal moments which I, I thought we might have gone over the line quicker or easier to get to get towards a World Cup or a World Cup final or a European Championships final. But yeah, I'm, I'm the same as you. I, um, it didn't. It, it still hurt, but I wasn't as disappointed as I as I, I, I have been in previous years. But my expectations this year, with with some of the tournament being being in England um, at Wembley, I think we've got a we've got just as a good chance as anyone else has got to uh, progress through. Yeah, uh, my, I think the player of the tournament will be Paul Pogba. I think he's gonna prove a point to the world. I think he's he's the sort of player who on that big stage could turn up and really actually show what he can do because no one doubts his talent unless you're no. Gavin, but it's just him doing Pogba, it consistently. I would, the thing is with Paul Pogba, he's one of them people that has made people dislike him um, yeah. just because of his attitude. And yeah. for that reason, I would don't, I don't want him to do well. I don't want him to yeah. do yeah. because I don't, I'm just, he just looks cocky. He looks arrogant. Oh, he that's what he's going to do. Um, yeah, yeah. As much as he, I, I saw an interview with him, which I thought actually you sound a lot better than you've ever sounded. He might be maturing, but he's still got an attitude, and I think he still decides when he's going to do it. He don't do it every time. I don't think he's hundred no. percent all the time, and I don't like that about players. Hmm. So I don't like that about him. But in the French Good. team, though, he's got he's got that he's got that. Yeah, he's around his friends as well. He's isn't got he? that. He's got that protection of Kante because anybody with Kante. How can you yeah, fall true. off? You know what I mean. If you've got Kante doing all you're running for, you you can just do what you want. He can stroll around, yeah. but then, but then if he's strolling around, if you're strolling around, somebody else can take your place because he's got he's got better players to take his place there than he has at United. So I think he, yeah. he, he might not play as many as much time as he as he believes if he doesn't turn up like like I said. Um, so yeah. uh, on a serious yeah. note, uh, my golden boot prediction is uh, Haaland of Denmark. My outsider to reach the final is Good Denmark. Time. And uh, my, I think the player of the tournament will uh, be possibly Paul Pogba. Uh, Antoine Griezmann is an interesting one. Someone just put it in the chat. And the thing with him is he's had a terrible season, but he's before he went to Barcelona was being touted as the next, you know, the next sort of big hitter in the world of football. So it'll be interesting what sort of tournament he has. Uh, Holgate, that makes a great point. Outsider for uh, player of the tournament, Memphis Depay. I think that's a good shout. Obviously, Kante got a good chance. So um, on your on your on your point of top goal scorer being uh, being Harland, can uh, yeah. can Leslie confirm if Harland's out of John Stone's pocket yet? Or because obviously <laughs> with the two games he played in the Champions League, he was very poor, wasn't he? So no, oh, mate, I'm not even starting the John Stone's conversation <laughs> after the way after that Champions League final. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I think Denmark. James Costley's actually just said the same. I see there, like ha uh, Denmark got Haaland and Christian Eriksen and a couple of other good young players. Um, just I want to finish the show uh, by saying Phil Foden, fantastic footballer, but as I just don't get the hype like um, of him being like the next world beater. I think Jack Grealish potentially has got the potential to be much better. But for some reason, I don't know whether it's because he plays for Man City or... Like, he has done it. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying he's a bad footballer by any stretch. I just don't think... Like, you just compared him to Gaza. Like, I 
no, I didn't, I, didn't I, think, com- I didn't compare him to Gaza. I called oh, you think Gaza. he could be the next Gaza? Yeah, but like, I, sure, I, like, no, I no think Grealish. Nobody can, nobody can compare with Gaza. Jack Grealish is no one's, no one's new, no one's Paul Gasper. But Grealish no is doing it no. with a lesser team and still yeah, performing. Think, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he's going to get himself a. Gary's uh, frozen up, I think. Right, we'll give him a second and see if he comes back. You know um, are you still there, mate? Oh, yeah, I'm still there, yeah. Um, but just while we uh, just while we wait for Gary to come up, I'll do some housekeeping quickly. Uh, so yesterday we dropped the finale of my story with actor Eddie Webber, as I mentioned a bit earlier, with someone commented on. It was a really good show, really, uh, really good series, actually. Some really interesting stories. And the first series was good as well. We will be back. Uh, with Series 3, most likely after the Euros. Um, but you can look out for, uh, over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be dropping some teases about various things. So have a look. It's going to be predominantly Instagram stuff, that is. But uh, have, a, have a little uh, look and play the game, see if you can guess what's coming. Um, but also, we uh, have got, of course, our first Euro show coming on Friday, Friday. 7 till 8 o'clock. Don't Do miss not it. miss it. Spread the word, tell your friends, tell the people. Um, there is a lot of people watching on uh, YouTube at the moment, is unreal. Um, so hopefully, all those people will be back for the Euros. And uh, as usual, please subscribe to youtube.com slash ace podcast nation. Please follow Twitter, Facebook, you know, all the good stuff. Tell your friends. Uh, we'll be back after the Euros with more guests galore we've got some guests during the euro some guest analysts obviously we've already announced david giles we already have uh someone else do we do we say it andy or do you want to wait the one that i spoke um, to the other day uh, should we, we'll announce on friday i'll let you announce it on friday because it's yeah, all your why not? work yeah there you go uh, ryan just saying there 105 people watching on youtube alone there we go love it um Gary Croft, it's been an absolute pleasure, my friend. Thank you been very amazing. much for your time. Absolutely amazing. Thanks, Gary. Superstar, superstar. Yeah, well, it's, got, it's a standard. It's a standard thing with every Cardiff fan, isn't it? So, Cardiff, every every Cardiff player, guys, we always always finish with the eyes holder. So, we're we gonna we're we gonna go after three. Absolutely. Yeah, let me just take, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let me take the comments off. They they won't go. All right, hang on. There's too many Ready? coming through. Ready? Oh, three, two, one. Let's go. Love it, guys. Love it, guys. There we go. <laughs> Great way to finish. Great way to finish. Indeed. Guys, thanks for your time, mate. Absolutely phenomenal. phenomenal. All the best, guys. Feedback's Good been amazing. Big up, yeah, guys. it's been great. If... Cheers, Gary. Cheers, Andy. Cheers, Cheers people. Everybody. Thank you. Uh, you audio Friday. version will be out tomorrow. See you Friday, 7 o'clock.
Social Podcast Network.